Sekaru boy. Yo. I, I, I'm a person to ask him, boy, but I, I don't know if you can answer it properly, because my my perception of it might be different from yours, right? So, you, you, you know what beef is, right? Yep, I'm very aware. Not It's not, well, you know. All right, you, you, you sure you know what beef is, right? Yeah, I've, I've um, you know, been been to McDonald's a few times, but uh, ah yes, 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 yes. Okay, no, okay, no, in Trinidad, you know, we 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 are we are peaceful, loving, you know, country. Right. What then? Last yeah. thing we we want to engage in, especially you know, musical artists, is beef, right? But yeah. I know, like 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 this year, things things kind of changing, but I don't know if it's because we, we maybe it's like a new white to kill somewhere because. I mean, yeah. Marshall and and I, what do you do anything? Is like, but wait, but this this, but I don't know if this actually real or not. This probably fabricated all that kind of stuff. But now yeah. something new just just spring up, by something something yeah. different, something I didn't even expect. Uh, yeah. Something that going on deep south, by uh, in, in Sado to be precise, in South Fernando, involving um, two two MCs, one of which I I I am familiar with because I reviewed his album, loved it, yeah. uh, by the name of Mike Wise. Uh, shout out to Mike Wise and Doughboy. Loving yeah. the hostility podcast, by the way. I mean, we just yeah. in my case, I just learned so much about lo- the local rap scene from these guys, right? Because I tell yeah. these things I never, I never even knew or never had knowledge of in my life, way. Right? Yeah. So, um, Mr. Wise, Mr. Mike Wise, got himself in in the, in the beef with um the rapper that um I was only made familiar of through the hostility podcast by the name of HD Fifty Seven. Yeah. Right, so I don't want to go into the full details about it, but apparently he is the first platinum selling, not just rapper, right. but artist to come out of Trinidad Tobago. And that was off right. of this uh, a- a- allegedly, you know, Wu-Tang-based uh, mixtape that he was involved right. in. Right. Where he would get a certain amount of streams, a certain um, high amount of streams, basically, um, from just, for, yeah, from just making a song or just appearing on a track, basically. I think it's just from making a song or two. So we, we don't know how it is he, he got that plaque. Um actually remember Mike Wise and No Boy kinda, you know, talking about that. Mike Wise will go out yeah. of his way to to I just paraphrase it here. To say that, you know, he, he did really earn that, you know, it's just some kind of folly going on. Um right. but HD fifty seven, you know, just followed that up with this this track, but he was even at that so called trappers or trap rappers now. And right. in the process, well, well, okay. somewhere, somewhere in the mumbling, he ended up calling out uh, Mike Wiseman. So, um, right. So, yeah. Look, yeah, I like if, both if, of them. If I'm wrong with this, tell me. Because I don't know if as much if, as you do. Reasonably reliable narrative you put forward there. That's, that's largely accurate. Uh, right. So, I didn't really follow what went down with the whole thing um, from that start. I just had a true guess, the perspective of the internet. Uh, because I don't follow HD too in-depth in terms of his back and forth. So if everything put out a track, I will listen to it, and that's about it. And, you know, and then, like, this is to me, yeah, well, it's something that Mike, that Mike Wise addressed, which I feel a little bad for laughing, but it is very funny. Um, <laughs> I know you're talking about. I know you talk about. Which is involving a, you know, a popular musical family. It's <laughs> like to say that. Ah, yes, um, ah, yes. We, we, we'll, get to that. we'll get to that track right. in a bit. But yeah. Right. So basically, yeah, it's um very, very sketchy circumstances in which he got the uh the platinum thing. But you know, the problem was he didn't make the effort. And Mike Weiss pointed this out on online that he himself didn't really make the effort to like clear himself up and he only tried to do it through his quote unquote channels instead of he he was you know, from what I understand, he was um 
actually invited by microwaves and Dubai to clear themselves up. Yes, yes, happened. yes. I actually himself. listened to, to, to that episode there, and um, uh, I and, think and it was like about an hour or so before he got some, well, Mike got some message, and he was like, he had come through again, and they were like, right. well, you know, if if he, if he had come through, just see that earlier, and then he just moved on right. to something else. Right. That's the problem. And, no, but, and the mistake, the mistake, okay, so you see, when, you, when stuff like this happens, here's the mistake, yeah, regardless of whether or not you're, 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 you're being accused or not, right? When you're, right. Accu- when you're accused of something, and we, we could talk about, you know, accusing some in terms of, Stuff like credibility. So, in the case, uh, right. So, I, I, the story now, it look weird. No, when you're defending yourself, regardless of which accusation, doesn't matter what it is, especially when it comes to credibility, you could, you could do one or two things. You have three options. You could either go out in the open and clear yourself up, or you could do the whole, or you could just not, not you could you remain completely silent and not acknowledge it, right? Or, and this, is, this, in my opinion, is the worst option, is do this half game of, well, you're addressing it, but you're not really addressing it, but you're addressing it, and not really addressing it. And that is what he kind of did, and I thought that was a mistake, regardless of whether or not that his, his situation is credible. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to give much opinion about what's going on there. I don't know enough about it. I actually did, you know, gesture towards people. And I, I do have a piece of information that looks, that I do make a decision. I'm a personal decision, not saying it online. Mm. I know the brother, you know, if I've got to talk to him personally, it's only when full information comes out about everything, and then I'll talk to him. Well, right, right, right. I decided to not step into this because I not, like, it's like, it's not, not a thing I let play itself out. Whatever. Point is, he, again, he, again, he did the worst possible option by, he's, he's like this, he's like to do this kind of, and this, this something that he, this, his generation has mastered, eh? This whole snipey, half-measure kind of approach on the internet now. Of uh-huh. well, attacking you, but I'm not really attacking you, and I want to, you know, throw shade, but I throw in shade in the most kind of shitty way. Right, and, right. Yeah, when you call somebody out on it, um, he's backpedaling the worst way now. You know, it have a term for this in, in the discourse called Schrodinger's douchebag, which is you say something, and depends on how people react, you you respond, what whether or not it's serious or or um is a joke or if it's a backpedal. Yeah. It was a troll. He does the bad troll thing. And I think that's where he's kind of losing it because it's, a, it's bad form. And he has seen do it, do it now <laughs> with this. Yeah, um, yeah there's going to be honest about it. Like his, his two tracks was kind of on the weekend, in my opinion. It, it, um, it was. Um, especially, yeah. well, all right. Like, I don't want to yeah. compare either one and say one was better. Like, but like, I'm not going to attack him on the style thing because I, here's my thing. I, you know, I think of him in terms of style as a rapper. You know, he's reminding me of a little bit, and as a rapper, I really like. I, he, to me, his style is like, uh, what do you call it? Like E40. Oh, you find so? You mean, you mean like with his own kind of vernacular? Exactly. And people, is, people right. keep telling, saying he's a mumble rapper, but no, it has precedent for, I think, at least I, from my perspective, again, I'm not the, I'm not the hip-hop expert here, but my perspective, it has precedent for that style of rap. It's not mumble. Right, it's yeah. not because not he's not future, you know. He not he doesn't right. do the typical. He not I'm gonna call him the Uzi Vert on those guys now, you know. Yeah. To me, he has style. There is a style there. It it needs to be honed. I will, you know, say that. But there is a style there, and you could once he once he hone it, you could it could work and really flow well. That's what he does remind me of when I when I think of him in terms of rapping. Yeah. Um, however, he's not the person that I, I cite or reference in that family, <laughs> right? When it comes to the the power, the real right, power, right. 
mean, it's a disaster in his older sister. You know, as I say, I mean, no bones about saying I fall in love with her when I first see her on, online. Now. When mm-hmm. I saw her like four months now. Yeah, she's the real powerhouse of the family. Not right. him. He hasn't grown up yet. Um, <laughs> Mike references this, which is hilarious, and I had to laugh. Sorry. Sorry, brother. It was a great, funny, funny line. I had to laugh at that shit. And you know, you know it, what? Now as you bring up that, now, now I understand the, the image that was used in, the, in, the, um, in Mike Wise's second track. Now, right, as you right. see it, there, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't listen to the lyrics. It's, it's like, goddamn. It's like, that was kind of brutal. Yeah, there's that kind of push a TJ kind of vibe going on here, too. It's like, what is, you know, has a particular fan base, and the fan base doesn't care. I wouldn't say, I, I, I don't know if Mike Wise or, or HD is more popular. I really can't tell. Um, if, 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 if I were to just say off the top of my head from a, just an anecdotal perspective, I do think HD is possibly more popular. I have no idea. Um, but again, he's boasting about things that I don't think he should really be boasting about, which is these supposed internet numbers stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, that's also be called out of one. And yeah, it's like one bring a knife, uh, the other one bring, try to bring a gun, miss. And then the other one bring a AK after. <laughs> that basically what fucking happened here. Um, the analogy, yeah. And then, he, again, you know, his response to it is he's doing the backpedal bullshit thing of, oh, well, look, look, I, I got to, you know, troll you. And I, I you know, it, I got, you know, I got, to, I, I rose, I rose it up, I, I rose, a, I get an emotion out here. Therefore, I, quote, unquote, won the argument by trolling you. But that to me is, is you know, that is the equivalent of, look how much I hurt your hand by hitting your, your fist with my head. <laughs> That's how it comes across. <laughs> right, it, right. about from a public image. I have no idea how we got to play this out. Look, I like the kid, but you look, you look kind of bad here. Uh, it, it really looked like poor form here, <laughs> and it really come across as one-sided. And he's he doing the whole little snipey, snippy nonsense now, and he's defending himself in the worst way, because, look, he's young and he's the internet, and the internet don't forgive, unfortunately. Um, we had to forgive. No, they yeah, don't. We a, no, 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 it doesn't, sorry. To be fair, when I was 20, when I used to, you know, think and operate like him in terms of defending yourself, you had to defend your, 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 your ego and you defend your pride in, in kind of really dumb and not particularly well thought out ways. And you yeah. kind of, a lot of the jokes and what happened to you seem to be going over your head and you didn't really know what's going on here. And I don't think he handled it particularly well. And then, well, I have a, 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 another, let us call it a, another sus- suspicion about you know, something that happened a lot closer to him that's not, not particularly serious, but more in terms of why he's handling it so badly. Uh, mm. But uh, that's pure speculation, and I'm not going to mention that. Um, and yeah, that's just my quick, quick run through. But yeah, I'm going to shoot up, say it is, in my opinion, two of Mike Wise's, some of his best tracks out. <laughs> like, it's just... I, I, would totally, I would totally agree. Um, what, what, what amazed me, though, uh, first of all, is how quick he put it out. I think it's like literally a day, right. or I would say a day and a half after um, HG57's Kill Shot Freestyle came out. And right. I was just like, okay, this, this is amazing how he pulled it off. And um, props to whoever was behind that, that, that DSLR camera, but perfect idea. Just doing everything yeah. in one take, this one shot. That was excellent. Yeah. I think that was either that's probably Joe Black himself. Right? I'm not sure exactly. Right? As either Joe or one of them, just a camera, probably probably profess maybe. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. I know it was, but it could have been like because it was just a quick, you know, a black and white shot, boom. I mean the only thing I would have do is I would have make it a letter box. <laughs> the only thing the only change I would have made to that. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah, I mean could, could just that shot alone, right? Just yeah. blue kill shots. Um uh 
in the boot video to just 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 blow it all the water. That's another thing. But that's just what I want to say here quicker. Eh? I don't know. Like I, I don't want to like I'm not dissing HD, eh? but I mean, oh gosh, man, you you literally had to be using all these these Google image search results to explain right. your bars, bro. Like like no, yeah. And then because because you're trying to t- to hear what it is you're saying. You see in these random images, like, all right, I don't get, I don't get, I don't get, I don't understand this. This is no, this is a total. You see right there, there's a total generational thing going on here because a lot of his generation and his younger that crowd, their whole bag is these is memes, right? You know, I kind of familiar with memes, but my generation is not memes, right? We didn't grow up on memes. We don't. You know, so his whole thing is that meme. There's no memetic. memes in hip hop, <laughs> right? No, no, that's the thing. No, but that's the thing. It's it's uh, in Mike. I will admit it is a bit clumsy. He could have made a better effort in terms of the production value, blah blah blah. And it's the same kind of critique I have with him. And I tell him this personally, like you know, it's not it's not something I'm trying to say after the fact. I've right. said this thing personally. He does his production in terms of thing. It it does. It's too frenetic, and frenetic in not in a good way. In not in a good way. Again, it's a style to be honed. And yeah. I'm not trying to dog the man or nothing like that, but yeah, he was he's punching he's punching above his weight here, in my opinion. And it really right, didn't right, it, right. it wasn't a good look. Um you know, look, he's a, it's still like he's a kid I defend, I have no problem working with him in the future. I have actually ideas on things for projects if you want to work. Not that issue, it's not like nobody burning no bridge here or nothing like that. Yeah. But it it wasn't a good look for this because he he does the whole, you know, that whole oh I was trolling you all along, but it at no point I not seen anything, I not seen any victory or winning state for you. And you know, the, you know, the point to begin with, like, like, what's what's the overall goal of this? Exactly. To just say that you're the best, and that's it. That's all the other say. It didn't come across like, and it, even in his in his two two tracks, it had a couple lines that kind of was okay, a couple decentish lines. Another another bad sign eh, is you know he have, you're seeing him being very loquacious on the internet about everything. So everybody, every time somebody respond or make a point, you see it, his comment is the first comment. So he, he paranoid about it, and again, right. That is something that is not a good look, especially for a rapper. You have to be cool. You have to chill yourself back, you know, laid back and, you know, let your, let your enemy make mistakes. And he didn't, he didn't really do that. Yeah, um, let, let, let your talent speak for itself. You don't have to spend every thing. five minutes trying to justify yourself. A big part of beef is judo, eh? You know, it's, it's using enemy momentum against them and knowing how to flip it and know what, where to get information, how to dig deep where. And he's yeah. not he close to doing that. You know, with, with Mike Weiss. How much does he know actually about Mike Weiss? How, how much does he, what information does he know? He has none, right? He exactly. doesn't seem to have. And the one second point that he could have really made the effort for, um, he kind of already blew the opportunity for, right? And it is a classic kind of beef thing, eh? Look, it's local hip-hop. Nothing, it doesn't blow up as much as it can. Uh, for what I understand, you know, they kind of snuff out behind the scenes. Yeah, no, kinda get... This is real underground low-key stuff, eh? But I do even <laughs> mind. Because <laughs> right. I, just, okay. I just want to see where this goes next, you know. And I noticed, I noticed it, it kind of get quiet, you know. It, 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 after my guys, my guys kind of done it now. <laughs> yes, yeah. like, you um, Yeah, but I just want to talk about those those two tracks there quick, right? So, um, Fet yeah. Season, right? The first one. Um, yeah. The Ice of the Cake, it's not the instrumental that he used, which yeah, is just as Shadow Boxing. No, right. the real Ice of the Cake, the, the real moment yeah. was like, all right. Mike Wise on point with this. This is this is where this man just shine, and he didn't even say. Uh, uh, it's not even with words or anything like that. Is the phone? Him using the cell phone. As soon as right, he starts right. rapping, he puts that phone down and he just starts rapping. Trend. They're like right. Mister HD Fifty Seven, where he looking at the phone and talking on the mic. Right. 
Mike yeah, put yeah, yeah. down and then started rapping. And I was like, all right, he win that already. He yeah, win that see, already. No, just offer that one move alone. That, that is one thing I noticed. This generation of rappers do a lot. Right? They like, literally be looking at the lyrics, though. And it's like, no, dog. You can't be looking at the lyrics at all. That, I agree with that. Eh? Yeah. I noticed real young rappers do that. It's like, oh, they give nobody going to see you doing what you're doing. And everything behind the boat is fine. Right? Because I, I won't know any, you know, I won't know the difference. But my guys just look a lot more. Yeah, again, you look a lot, a lot more professional. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, the point is, well, just to touch on what it is you said. If you <laughs> just record any song and nothing but cool, right. look at your phone. But yeah. don't film yourself looking at yeah. your phone and yeah, call yeah. this thing a freestyle. You call it's this a thing a freestyle. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, a bad look. It's a bad look. Yeah, think about it. Think about it, right? So, and, it, and in the case of my Christ, the phone thing was more done in the, in the cleverness of, well, it, it, at no point did you get the sense he was looking at lyrics. What it felt like is, oh, this kid on the internet messing with me. All right, time to respond. Yes. And it's just yes. context with yes. the owner. Yes, yeah. it's simple. Ever. Yeah. Um, then the next track came out, um, which H E fifty seven did. I forgot the name of it, but I was like, "Oh, you, you took that oh. one clip from from Kill Bill." The um, oh gosh, the the scene at the House of Blue Leaves, whatever you call it, right? Oh, that's kind of clever. Looks kind of chopped up, like they just kind of put it together, make it look real grimy and stuff. But right. it, it's still on the unpolished end. I was just like, "All right," but the part that had people laughing. And here's the thing: I didn't even know about it till a hip hop colleague of mine on Facebook. His name is uh, Key One, right? Was talking, right. he just mentioned something about subtitles. Uh, I say, Oh, that has something to do with Fet season. But then when I actually watch the video, I look down in the description, I see right. <laughs> full lyrics to, to the entire song that I like, Wow, boy. And then when yeah, my right. voice come with 2.0, it's like, Well, dog, you actually, you actually take my advice, you know, round of applause, yeah. man. You know what I mean? I was laughing at that. No, actually, actually, I like when I heard that line, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Then I went back to the track and I, I look at the description, like, oh, exactly. that happened. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like make a, a, a back and forth about it because I was just, you know, all my gifts on the internet about everybody's video was just popcorn, right? I like the one you put for 2.0, the one with, with, uh, with MJ from Triller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. 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 That was there when I knew that, yeah, when, when Beef Souls going back and forth, I knew uh, my wife's going to think, so, but I made the mistake of putting it too quickly. Because I should have for the time he said he, did, he was going to put it out, which was earlier, but I had it more or less automated now for his account for when he put the post now. Um, Boy, so you automated so, your, your comment for, for his video? Like, look, like, that's a big, that's a kind of open secret with me on Facebook. Uh, uh, okay, okay. I, I didn't know that's so how you just rule. Okay, all right. So that's most of my, most of my interactions on Facebook is not me. Um, yeah, it's not me per se. It's, it's just automations that add scripts, you know, just going through Facebook. Um, Dog, you need to show me how to do this way. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no shit. It's no shit. Whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, anyway, speaking of this, speaking of this, uh, speaking of Mike Rice and the Hostility Podcast, uh, Mike Rice just released the Hostility Podcast episode 14, you know, as we speak. So, ah, hmm. yes, 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 yes. He said he was <laughs> present today. So, yes, right. yes, guys, we will be listening to that for sure. Um, I don't know if the, well, I haven't checked the descriptions yet, but I want to hear your, your all thoughts about going, especially Doughboy, because I'm right. just looking at his posts, no, no, his no, comments, no, no. and he just right. like having a blast, right? <laughs> Yes, Dubai has had the funniest comments involved all of this. Um, like, the funniest comments in my opinion with all of this. Um, yeah, because, like, it's just... I mean, Dubai, 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 this, this dark, balking sense of humor about everything that, Especially, yeah. you know, in, in the situation. Um, I... Look, it, it was really one-sided. Sorry to say it. HD... He, he had a 
Lakers Wolves move on. Is that something that because he really, really punching above you with this one? And that's the way actually, it is not. It's not a not from the different time of Mike Wise. Even my even for the time of Mike Wise's career, he's a old school rapper. So you know, Mike Wise understand the grime. He understand the battle rap. How to do that? I never get the sense that each year get sense of a battle rap. He's more modern party mixing, modern you know techno. He's the future, but he's not. The, he's the future that ain't grow up yet. Right, as I right. say, he's a kid with potential. I like the kid. I do think he's talented. It's not. I'm not, I'm not going to do the thing that Mike do, which was pretty brutal. Involved a particular family. Ah <laughs> right. yes, ah yes, ah yes. And and just to talk about that briefly, right? So we're not going to say who the family is. It's literally the the um the picture that's in the video. Go check it out. Right. Um, yeah. It's called Two Point Oh. They're not connected. Yeah. Um, um. And I like how he just kind of mentioned it very. And in case you didn't get, um, we talk about this person here. But um. Yeah. First, I told that. But also props for using old dirty bastards Brooklyn Zoo. When I hear that, yeah. I was like, "All right, we we in, we in Wuhan right here." And one thing, show show some my wife for doing this right for using these classic grimy Wu Tangs instrumentals just to do these these um these distracts on. No, what I make it funny too is that is is in the context of the the beef too. Eh? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's what make it funny there. Um, I look. Young young rap young rap have a point. Look, this is young rap versus old rap. You know, the, you know, it have a lot of stuff about old heads and what old heads like, and so on, so on, so forth, and what young new rappers like. And I gonna straight up say, when I am obviously biased towards the boom bap time of hip hop, obviously that is my time. That is where I grew up. That is where I was a kid. I have no problem catering to modern rappers who are genuinely talented. But I will admit I have a bias. I will fully admit that. Um, and yeah, this is this is just that. It's, it's, it is a generational conflict playing itself out as well. There's a larger meta, meta text. I don't want to go all academic with it. But yeah, there's a kind of meta textual situation going on here um, that is a little deeper um, than, than I, that I might be making it, but, you know, where for now? Yeah. It was just kind of one-sided, though, because, yeah. No, nah, no, nah, it, it is. It, it totally it's is. Very hard, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like real hard tracks. And there's a dude that I counted out when I first met him, and then he, like, really pressed me with a, with a level of hip-hop. Now. And yeah. you can play kind of games about you know you don't have a difference between um social capital and quote-unquote real capital right hip-hop right tends to try to square one or the other but no one side kind of trumps the other ultimately and you can play that game about that and you, you saw it with the push of drake debate you know on a, i say in debate beef yes this you is the beef play, yes yeah you saw that play itself away you had one side just totally you have one fan base who largely ignorant of what's going on and then another fan base who's like fully into it and making sense of what was going on and saying, yeah, this is where the real, real situation is now. And yeah. that's, how, that's how it is. Like, look, it's, it's a trajectory of careers. And one went one way. A man, it's have a brother who keep it real. I, I would probably argue, probably keep it real to the point of keeping it real goes wrong. Um, but to keep it real. <laughs> I, see what you did. I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. And they have another guy who just, he just had to just play itself out, cater to the industry, hope his career go out. But, you know, understand that he, he played it to the point where it could be d- detrimental. Now. Um, where you could argue, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it outright, but you could argue keeping it fake goes wrong. You know, faking I, it to your mate. Yes, that 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 is it, so it, true. It, yeah. You know, um, yeah. and that that they do how to play itself out particularly well. Yeah. <sighs> That's just well, two cents. I don't try to be too take. I don't I don't want to take one side or the other, but I am obviously biased on one side. I will be open about that. Um. But yeah, it was interesting to hear about. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for, for me, just, well, 
as as a non San San Fernandonian or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, yep. Seeing this thing play out was like real amazing because I'm a thing for the life of me. I don't even remember like a rap beef ever taking place in Trinidad. Maybe it did years ago, but I can't remember it. But it's, uh, it's right. Thing. If it's anybody would have had a rap beef. It had, had beef ish things, but most of the stuff was behind the scenes shenanigans now. Um, especially in term in terms of who uh like in terms of where hip hop gonna go and it had a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of critiques. Well, Mike Weiss himself, he has again when it, when I'm more and more thinking about it, like yeah, he seemed to be involved with a lot of um local beefs himself. Um, remember remember last episode of uh, the hostility, they had Young Rod, right? And Young yes, Rod yes. like just just dole off on on you know a certain mindset. And it, look, I totally agree I, with Young I, Rod. I totally on, agree with you. Like like if, yeah. if 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 men wanna branch out and do soccer for for the season, mind you, not for the entire right. year because soccer is a seasonal um musical art form. Exactly. Let's be real here. Then right. and if they have the skills to it, then why not? What's the problem? Right. So I totally right. agree with Young Red as well. But he, he made he made a great point about it, uh, um, about the context of that. And it was like, yeah, cool. Um, but you can see a lot of snipping and sniping going on behind the scenes, but nothing ended up going to the boot. Um, with respect to that. But I can see the drama was the drama was, was quite quite lousy. It was hilarious on my start because it, it, it just, was, it was. <laughs> And, and me, being, being a, me being an outsider to all this, though, I just was right. just entertained by all this. I just, I still was hilarious, right? Right. But you, you have, you have, you have your, your boys in Arima doing some drama, too, because Illy Payne had a great uh, interview the other day. Well, you know, I didn't I, watch that interview as yet. Uh, it's, it's right, right, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. It's right in front of our place, though. Look, listen, I know the fellow who owned the place when he was doing that interview. I. They want to talk about it, but I talked to her about it in person, you know, by the saying it was a lot of street cred. That's all I'll see. <laughs> right. And I was like, <laughs> okay. wow, this this where this this interview going on. All right, well, what? <laughs> all right. All right. That's all I'll see. Uh, yeah, um, all right, yeah. It's, it's like just a, a solid hip-hop interview, but if you know where that is, um, you you have been there before. I'll just tell you that. Um, if you know where that is, I was like, well, would I would just be paid for Listening cool. to what? Yeah. Um. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm gonna check it out. I just my last. I just my last line on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, all I'll say is I don't know. I don't know where this beef is gonna go. I don't know if it ended, but um, hey, one man is on top. Eh, and that man, I would say, really definitely repping the wood trend, and <laughs> not in no <laughs> oh well, you know, streams and whatnot. You know, really representing the wood and what they're about. So that's all I had to say, way. Right? You know, yeah, like Brooklyn's. It, I, <laughs> Right, and looking back because he 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 just yeah, it's like damn. <laughs> so, so I notice things get quiet. We go see if time go take what go happen. Um, but it gonna be interesting to see. You can see if it, if it develop at all. We can feel it done for now, and it might be thing later. Dog, we'll see. Right. Because right. look, beefs like this, beefs not dead. You know, like the, we talk about the push or take Drake beef as if it's just a thing. But remember that was going on for what a better part of ten years or something like that. Yeah, I, I was just like kind of unaware of it until, well, boom, this, um, you know, infrared came out now. Yeah, but you know, this flare up last year now. <laughs> right? yes, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it back and forth in terms of things, so we're not sure. You know, things thing like this don't do, do, do just. Um, I hope it don't escalate outside of the boot in terms of real world shenanigans, blah, blah, blah. And look, I hope it stay in the boot, normal, you know, back and forth. And look, it's an internet thing, so we go see. Yeah. Um, right. That's let's, let's hope, last thing I'll say, let's hope it doesn't spill over to the. Um, the that 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 press play 
you know, concert that's supposed to be coming up. Um, I think it's early March. I think it's after Carnival. Right. I think it is here. Let's hope uh, right. it does not spill over there, right? That's that's all I say. That's all I say to, to those who who in the new one who listen to this uh, podcast here. Yeah, I just don't think it spill over there. I made a prediction. I made a prediction, and I suspect, I suspect it might be an issue coming forward because because things get so quiet. I'm making a prediction. I don't know if it'll be right. It's it pure speculation. But I expected, um, let me just say that one side might get a little, uh, uh, you know, let us say that the enemy of my enemy is, is, my, is my ally. Let us put it like ah, that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, see. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Oh, uh, yeah. But this, this, this was interesting to watch, though. Like, it was like, way more a lot of beef. And I know at no point I get a sense of it being contrived. You know, beef does get you know like the martial thing. Beef was yeah, like the martial and Iowa. That was that was just like um r- r- really really like like y'all know right. decided to do this. That that's the thing that gets right. weird. Y'all and know look, decided to do this <laughs> after years of Iowa being so salty about not winning a road match. Like y'all know decided to do this, right? Right, and come across uh, come across well contrived and, and and you know fake thing. No, I was like uh, okay, that's why I didn't like worry to follow that because there's nothing was serious. Like you know when there's no one thing gets serious when once I get real quiet, real fast. And men is what is the escalate now. Um, yeah. That's why this this is like my guy's first one was like, all right, but well, it was a, a jam, and then that second one was like, all right, this real fucking serious. God I, damn. I, no, and I, I, I like I like how Mike and that first track was saying one time, eh? one time. But he had yeah, that yeah, smoke yeah. in his face, like you know, I'm a feeling right. he could he could strike back, you know, but I'm ready for right. watch and see. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So so we talked about we we talked a lot about about the local hip hop scene. So now now we actually gonna get to what this show is about, right? We gotta talk about movies and TV shows, basically, right? Um, we well, the Academy Awards is supposed to be the last Sunday of this month here, being February. Um, so yeah. I made the effort to catch up. Well, we made the effort to catch up on a few Oscar nominees, right? Right. So um, I will start things off with talking about the um, the documentary, the Oscar-nominated documentary, Mining the Gap. Um, right. This actually came out on Hulu uh, August 17th of last year. And okay. I was just hearing, like, it was showing up on a lot of, like, best best of the year lists and stuff like that. Movie was getting four and five stars for critics. That I, um, and I was like, I, I still have no idea what is about that? I just read like a quick little right. synopsis of it. It, it. it involved these kids, these um, inner city kids who, you know, just have this affinity and passion for um, for skateboarding. Right, so my, right, right. So my head, I tell myself, okay, this is what it's about. How how a movie like this could could get so much appraise and whatnot. So I dug in deeper. Um, before, well, actually watching the film, I realized that um, one of the ex- executive producers of the show just so happens to be Steve James. Now, for those in okay. the documentary, like who do documentary, he is a guy who directed the still excellent, and I would say right off the bat, it's probably the best documentary hell ever made, <laughs> in my opinion, called Hoop Dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually only Criterion Blu-ray for this. Um, that yeah. along with the Tribe Called Quest documentary, which I also love as well. But those are the only two documentaries that are old. But Hoop Dreams, if you haven't yeah. seen it, you need to. It is a landmark in terms of documentary making, filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah, with Steve James, that's that why I knew about the documentary. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see it yet, but I knew Steve James was involved. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Soup Dreams. I could. So I know it's yeah. supposed to understand why it's on that level. Now. Exactly right. And in this right. case here, it is directed by, well, first time feature filmmaker um, Bing Lu. Uh, he right. has, and well, the, the film itself documents this quite well. He has been more or less um, doing camera work and filming for years, actually. And 
how this film pretty much starts off is with him basically meeting these these three guys uh well actually it's a group of like skateboarders right this is in rockford illinois and this is like one of the most impoverished um uh, impoverished um communities in the united states you know it has a heavy you know it has a high crime level you know unemployment and just just roughness now going on in that in that city basically so what i like about this film here is it basically starts off with how these guys grew up so it's being himself and we also introduced to um well a black kid his name is kiri or kiri i believe that's how you pronounce his name um he's the only like african-american in the group right um and everybody else is pretty much white and well in case of being he's chinese american right um right. also there's mm-hmm. another guy um to, well your average white kid as as he appears at first his name is zach right i'll i'll get to zach in a bit because zach has a big role to play in this um entire film so it kind of just starts off with these guys just well being basically kind of documenting their lives as they're growing up like as teenagers now growing up so like in the early 20s they're still skateboarding and all that you know they're doing all these these stunts that i wish i could have do but you know i i i from trainer and i from the, the suburbs <laughs> so i yeah. know nothing about no skateboarding and all that but you know it's just the camaraderie that they have with each other you know they get themselves involved in you know just craziness they're having fun you know and it's just the kind of stuff you could let slide because, yeah, the kids, you know what I mean? They're passionate about skateboarding and that's what they do. But right. as they get older now, once they hit 18, <laughs> that's when the real responsibilities come in. So in case of Zach, for example, now he has to go and get a job. Uh, with Kiri, you know, he has to go and find a job as well. And it's hard for him, you yeah. know, because of, you know, um, just with the lack of employment opportunities that are in the community. So... Yeah, both, basically, they both have to work jobs that they don't like, right? They don't really yeah. say what Bing is doing. Um, they don't really say if he worked here or there. But basically, Bing is just like him. It's just like, the well, not the narrator as such, but he's just behind the camera for a majority uh-huh. of the film. But he does show up in front um, a few times, yeah. actually. Well, quite a few times, I should say. But it's mainly about these two guys and how they deal with life, right? <clears throat> but... In my head, I was telling myself, all right, it's about these kids and they learn about life, so what's the big deal here? Like, yes, it's relatable, I understand that, but what is it leading up to? And then right. it hits you with Zach's story you now. So Zach um, and his girlfriend, her name is Nina, um, they had a kid, well, like quite early, right? Um, this, this baby boy. And now he has to handle the responsibilities of taking care of the kid. Well, both of them have to more or less juggle responsibilities because both of them are working, but, you know, they have to take these off to, you know, um, take care of the child and whatnot, right? And it starts to tear, it starts to wear down, sorry, at their relationship. It's it's hard for the both of them, especially Nina, who, you know, can't even go out, you know, because <laughs> she just feels like she has to go out with her friends, but that's around the time when um, Zach will come home from work. It's just like, well, you know, I need you to help me out with this child here, you know? But then the, the relationship, he, well, unfortunately, kind of goes on this violent route. So there is this instant, there is this domestic violence um, aspect right. that's, go, that's going on in the relationship there. And it's how they set it up to her. Because, like, Bing is just, like, he just hears this um, this recording on Nina's phone. And it's just her kind of shouting and cur- um, cussing um, Zachner. But then she comes and says, well, you know, you didn't really know what happened before. You know, he was he was drunk, he was wilding out, and then he started just beat him up now. And then she yeah. shows, like, the scar that she had on the face and all that kind of stuff. So that's when things started to get really dark and really deep here. But what caught me completely by, well, um, just to go to Carrie's story now. 
So he is in a single parent um, family, right? His his dad left, and he used to be he used to be well. They kind of hinted him being kind of abusive to the mom as well, right? But he just basically left because he just couldn't handle that responsibility of being a father, right? So he left. Yeah. So now the mom kind of looking out for somebody new. And Carino just wants to be responsible. He wants to take care of the family as well. But deep down, he wants to leave this community because, you know, he just wants to, sh- to stretch his wings, basically. He just want to see new places and experience new things, right? And he can't get that working in this crappy job um in this restaurant basically waiting tables and all that kind of stuff that's not for him right but right. where things go kind of unex- well this, this is like the unexpected part for me now being kind of puts himself kind of front and center here um in the film as well um first talking about his stepbrother who um actually used to suffer you know abuse from um uh, well bing's mom's then um husband at the time oh. and then now he well being himself gets his mother to come in front of the of the camera and he interviews her and he's just basically talking about well i remember when i was young and you know my stepdad used to beat up on me and he used to beat up on you too mom so i just want to know how you used to deal with it right and it was just like really hard hard for her to really express that like you know the you know like and the same thing anita would say that um it was a good side to him you know he would be so sweet and loving and caring but then when you least expected something he would just flip out and just be all violent and stuff and that is when the right. movie really clicked for Mena. so in a way yeah. just like just like how he filmed this this uh, movie here it just kind of came out of nowhere it's like he he just basically started off just documenting the life of his friends you know just fr- um working on his uh, on his filmmaking skills there's some great shots of him literally following um his friends as they skate and so like i don't know and this is not like some gopro shot or whatever it is i don't I assume i don't think he use a GoPro at all for this movie, right? But there are scenes literally where he is following his friends literally like if he's skating behind them. I think like for me, I don't know how he do this because he had this like heavy camera. So I don't know if he just used a DSLR or whatever it is, but those scenes look right. pretty cool. But right. like I say, it's just him kind of documenting life with his friends and then, well, as he's, well, as his friends going through, you know, this daily struggles of, you know, um, putting food on the table and having money in the pocket. Um, then it just goes in this different direction where you're learning about, you know, just um, domestic abuse and all that kind of stuff. And then as that hit him, as he learned about that thing with Zach and Nina, that's when he goes more, that's when he goes a little bit internal now and talking about his family and what he went through as well. I thought that was, that was really, really profound as well. It, it, it's not like it just switches things in a whole new direction, but it feels, you know, uniform. It feels like it's part of the entire film because... In short, it is basically about these kids growing up in this, you know, society. You know, um, no father figures to the, um, to guide them on the right path. If there was a father figure in your life, well, he usually was violent or just uh, wasn't there to begin with, like in the case of um, Carrie. Uh, but in this case, it's just how these guys uh, just basically try to figure out their way through life. And that is what right. the movie is about, you know. Um, and just offer that premise alone, just the way how... Just the way how it's structured, basically, I thought was was great. You know, um, just how personal it all felt. How he was just really going in depth in the lives of his of his childhood friends. I thought that was really really great as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, this was a very 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 impressive debut feature film from from Bing Lao. This man have a future though. I don't know if he's gonna do the Steve James route and just do documentaries for the rest of his life. But um, yeah, as a documentarian, the man the man have it though. And what I like is that he well. He was brave enough to, like, once again, not just put his mom in front of the camera 
and his um his um and his stepbrother, but also himself as well at, at a few points in the in the film. Um and it got some really poignant, really emotional moments out of that. Um really feel it for Zach as well, because at first you're watching Zach as like, I shouldn't like you because you know why are you beating up on your girl and all that kind of stuff. But there's this powerful moment near the end where he's like, Well, he know he made a lot of mistakes, but now he feel like where he's at right now, which isn't great, but is far from, you know, terrible. He still thinks he still believes that, you know, the reason why he is he's at um, the position where he is his life is because of all the bad decisions that he made. And then yeah, he kinda yeah. reveals that his father was the same way too. He used to get drunk, he used to beat up on the um on the on his um wife as well, he used to beat up on him as well when, when he was younger. So it's yeah. just how pathological that all is, you know. Um, so I really felt it for these characters, even though I like well, one thing I really like about the, the show, it doesn't paint them as you know, these holier than now characters, you know, they're real people, you know, they, they go through real stuff and it's how they deal with it. Um, and just like with uh, Hoop Dreams, it just kind of follows things in this sort of sequen- um, sequential way. So it's days, weeks, months later, and stuff like that. Um, and speaking of Hoop Dreams, I would love to see like a, a follow up documentary. Because they actually did one for Hoop Dreams, by the way. Um, this follow up documentary, I think it was uh, 10 years later, right? Because um, the movie came out in 94. So I think it was either 10 or 15 years later. And they follow up on the two kids who were trying to get the scholarship to go into college and they wanted to do the basketball stuff, you know, if if remember from the movie. So they did follow up on them and their families. So I would love to see where these characters go, you know, um, 10, 15 years from now. Um, and yeah, for me, this is like, like another great documentary from Hulu of all places. Like, I don't know, like Hulu, like, like along with Netflix, like, I don't know, it's coming true. It's coming yeah, up, they, coming they're up. coming up, you know, like. Hulu is like a strong competition. Like I have a feeling they're gonna be a real strong competition um, for, for for Netflix. You know, can they have great stuff? I mean, Handmaid's Tale. Um, they had oh, well, Fire uh, yeah. Fire Fraud this year and last year. Mind the gap. Yeah. And what's even amazing, you know, just like how Netflix have a movie that in the Academy Awards in this case for Best Picture with Roma. Hey, they have something here in terms of uh, Best Documentary Feature. I'm seeing this right, right now, and I know I was I was I was hoping and praying that um, that. Uh, what was this? Um, can you be my neighbor? Would you be my neighbor? Sorry, um, got right. and unfortunately that got snubbed. Uh, my gap is my pick, babe. That this is my pick for, for best documentary. Okay, okay. it is great, that, and just the mere okay. fact that it is a first timer doing this is amazing. Um, I love the the characters. I love the the people involved. Uh, you really feel for them. You know the stories and whatnot. You know people make bad decisions. I mean, but that's part of life, right? And just seeing how they overcome that, because yes, they do eventually overcome it. Um, so it's not like all gloom and doom. There is actually a, a happy ending, but I'm not gonna spoil what happens there. But you will feel it. It will hit with you. Um, so yeah. So me going in this thing, telling myself that it's just about these these kids, these misfits, and skateboarding. I realize that there's just so much more about more, much more than that. Even though it still kind of connects it to, so it's not like two different narratives going on. But yeah, it, it works, and I was I was surprised at how great this movie was, though. Uh, so for me, I would give this a strong four out of five, man. Um, if you love documentaries, if you want to see something modern, something fresh, and just a slice of like American life that you may have heard of in the news or re- read in the papers, but you just haven't seen it for yourself, then yeah, I, I, I strongly recommend you give this a look. So like I said before, um, this is my pick for best documentary feature at the Academy Awards. Um, I haven't seen the others that were nominated yet, but I have a feeling that this one is going to sweep it for sure. But, and 
yeah, I just want to see Bing Lu do do great things, man. Really use yeah. his skills as a filmmaker to you know to explore things that are going on not just in his community but also in his life, you know, in America, you know, just see how far he could go with his skills and whatnot. So yeah, I just hoping uh, for nothing but the best in terms of him and his career. But yeah, by all means, I strongly recommend you check out Mining Gap. You will, you will love it. All right, so moving along now to Netflix, the rival, if you will, of our mood right now. Uh, you saw season one of a show called Russian Doll. I yes. just saw pictures of it. Uh, saw my girl, um, Natasha Leon was in it. Uh, my next yeah. girl, Amy Paula, was in it. But I don't know, I still wasn't sure what it was about. I didn't even know it came out. I just saw pictures. I thought, oh, it's coming out soon, but maybe somebody will have to convince me how great it is before I do check it out. So, Ricardo, tell me how great it was, if it was great at all. Uh, pretty damn good. I won't say great, but pretty damn good. Um, just, it's, uh, like, I don't know how to, how to explain this. It's basically a kind of weird, you know, time loop, but a great twist and take on the time loop idea. Um, and it's a kind of weird surrealistic sci-fi kind of vibe going on. It is. Um, okay, I, I thought yeah. it was just like a straight, straightforward um, comedy. I don't know, some girls struggling, trying to make it by as uh, it's, something. It is, it is get deep, it is get deep. Because it, what it does, okay, so it starts off as a working time loop. It's a la, um, you know, Groundhog's Day, or um, is the other one that, that came out as kind of crap? Happy that uh, day. I, I kinda like Happy Dead Day as as a right. as a as a guilty pleasure movie, mind you. Right. As a guilty pleasure movie. The movie is not good, but it's a guilty right. pleasure of mine. Right. And yes, I'm looking forward to part two. But continue. Right. But right, so it's basically just that um it's that premise, but it's then you find out more information about what's going on. And they do a nice, interesting take on the premise of the time loop. It's not just a time loop thing, it's more and well, I don't want to spoil too much about it because it's why this works so well is that it's very short and sweet, right? right. Uh, uh, how, how, how much episodes uh, in, um, are in the show? In the season, right. sorry. Yeah, only eight episodes. Okay, okay. Eight uh, all right, wow. <laughs> only eight episodes, and each of them is like 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. Well, we're done. You know? I mean, I can watch out in like, what, three, four hours? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's easy, easy to binge. Um, yeah, this could have been theaters, or it could have been a single, single shot movie action. Um, two and a half oh. hour movie in my that's how right. it could have done that. Um, but he decided to make it episodic. I'm not sure if the, the format would have worked better or worse. Um, I, I do think it works a little better in the episodic format, especially when certain plot reveals come forward. Um, and basically it's about, well, it's about this character, Nadia. Uh, Natasha. Um, yeah, Natasha Leon from Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I, I know who she is. I know who she is. She, she plays... Uh, she, she basically is playing the same character in terms of her personality and delivery and whatnot. Um, she um, does make a... She, she, does she have that sort of, like, hoarse voice that she always has? Like, I, I, I never knew if that was actually a real voice or not. I just always no, assumed that was her character it, voice. It, yeah, it's, a, it's like a stand-up comedian from the, the late 80s in New York, Ah, right, right. right. That kind of crass kind of... Actually, she does, in the story, she does make reference to this, but yeah, I, I immediately noticed it. Um, but she does make reference to, to uh, another comedian in the late 80s. And he, he was, I don't want to spoil the joke for you, because it's actually a pretty funny little throwaway line. Um, yeah, I think I know who, who you're referring to, but I'll see for myself. I, right. Um, so she's, what she is, she's actually a video game programmer, right? Uh -huh. 
And she, but that doesn't be relevant. She's celebrating her 36th birthday. And she basically, um, what happened to her is that she, well, the first night now, she going through the thing, she get together with this fella. Um, she, you know, she, she enjoys she night now. She, she is 36 years old. So it's time to start a, start to slow down. Life time to, you know, the, the cement time to harden at this point in your life. And um, she started to get worried. And, but you learn later what she really worried about in terms of the, the 36 and why the 36 is important for her. And then she gets hit by a car, taxi, because she was looking for a cat. Right? Wow. She, she saw a cat, looked for the cat, and she, she thinks she crossed the road without looking. She gets hit by a car. And then she wakes back up. Well, she wakes back up in the same bathroom um, where she was washing her face in the beginning. And she's like, oh, what's going on now? She's right. was like, what do you have? I, did, I lived this already. Um, then slowly but slowly, you start, she's start trying to figure out the pattern, what's going on. And you realize that it's not so much about time loop per se, but more like a time eddy, where causality is still occurring around her. Let's uh, just repeat that. It's not a time loop, but a time what? Like an eddy. You know what an eddy is? You know, what, what, in, uh, what, what, what's a time eddy? Eddy. No, uh, eddy. The word eddy is, is uh, in wind. In wind or fluid dynamics, it's a little thing that is spinning while air flowing around it. So, like, you know, when you have, like, you hit an object, air goes spin. Like, just look it up. It's like a quick thing. You can see, you see it in rivers all the time. When rivers flowing, and you'll, you'll see a little whirlpool while everything flowing around it. That's okay. how I like to think it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's more like that. So you realize it have a lot of causality still occurring around what's going on, but she in particular still playing herself out. And she realized, yes, Sarah realized, all right, she kind of, well, for lack of a better term, actually running out of time. She can't just keep going on indefinitely doing this. And then you learn um, little information about, well, it might have someone else who going through the same thing and they have to work together. And I don't want to spoil that, but it's really, um, these characters have a lot of great chemistry. There's a lot of great delivery um, going forward. I think she really holds the show as a, as a central figure, um, especially involving her backstory and what she's going through, because she does the whole using humor to hide emotion seriously. Right. They do that very well in this, because a lot of about, a lot of it is subtext for personal trauma, and you know, a lot of sci-fi's work well when you do that quite well. Annihilation did that very well, where Annihilation wasn't about the weird shimmer thing. Was yeah, more it, was, about, it was about what was going on in the lives of the, the, the characters, exactly. the women, the exactly. women yeah. in, in particular. Right. Exactly. It, it, it's the same thing. Don't think about the quote-unquote mechanics of the thing. Um, they do make a couple of mistakes, I'll say, in, in terms of the editing here or there. And uh, that's not chalked up to the, to the mechanics of the world. They do make a couple of errors in terms of like um, where to take the shot, the consistency. Little consistency errors they make errors. Uh, yeah, here in terms of where characters' hands when they make the cut. Little stuff like that. Little editing errors. I little nitpicky bullshit on my, my perspective. Um, that's the only complaint I have. And then the other complaint I'll say I have is the ending. The ending felt a little unclear. Like, I kind of got what the subtext of the ending might have meant. Or what it felt like. And you'll see it when you'll know it when I see it. When you see it. Um, but I, I, didn't, um, I didn't mind it. Because it was, I get what it was going for with it. Again, it, you had to look for the subtext. And, and you could get into... You know that aspect of it. Um, right, but does, does, does it allude to a uh, new season or just or the story just ends? That's the thing. I learned very recently that this actually is supposed to be this was um this was greenlit for another two seasons. So I was like, all right, where they gonna go from here? Because it felt like an ending now. Uh, the way I did it, like it's like, wait, how you how long are you gonna go on with this premise? Um. 
So that's it. I don't know what they're going to do with that with respect to that. But apparently, it's going to have extra seasons. Um, well, she's also, while she was in, um, also another, another Orange is New Black person was in this as um, Dasha Palanco. Um, oh, what? She was in this as well, playing a, a side character involving one of the characters, a side character of a side character. Um, but she was very instrumental in the narrative as well. Um, and yeah, I thought she was, she was great as well um, in this. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's made, it was, I think it was written by Natasha and, and Amy Poehler. Um, and I, as far as I understand, Amy Poehler, who works with someone else in Parks and Recreation, also has a very similar show going on right now, but I never watched that show, and the show has a similar premise. I get the feeling like both of them, you know, race to power the premise, and who do it better, do it first now. That's why it felt a little slightly Russian on Polish um, going forward. But it's still well shot. It has a lot of smart shots using a lot of intelligent shooting styles. Um, I love, I love the, 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 the very dark black humor approach to everything. Um, it's a very, very good take on the time loop premise. Time loops are very cool ideas when you do it right. Um, you know, one of my, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's a, that's a go them, you know, all the time, great time loop episodes in science fiction. Of course, Groundhog Day, um, uh, you know, um, Window of Opportunity from Stargate, she won, is, in my opinion, one of the best sci-fi episodes ever in, in television history. Um, ah, well, thanks for letting me know. Now, now I actually need to watch Stargate SG1. No, no, dude, Stargate SG1 is like one of my favorite shows ever. Um, Stargate, I, I, dude, I know like, that. I just never got around yeah. to sitting down to watch it. Yeah, exactly. But I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Brilliant for me. I'll say um, the first eight, eight seasons is very good. The last two seasons is kind of, but I'll, I'll explain why. Um, Cause and effect in Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, that did that. Um, Star Trek Discovery had a time loop episode in, in season one. I thought it was actually very well done. Dude, dude why, uh, why, why not mention Rick and Morty, dude? That, that classic. That classic. Dude, the one where, where the scene split up into like 16 and it was filling up the whole screen. That wasn't a time loop. I know that oh, time loop episode. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm probably thinking about something else, but... The, nah. They did touch on, uh, they did have a time loop episode, though. I think they did. I remember off the top of my head. All right. Um, yeah, Star Trek Discovery, I think episode seven, but I forget the name of the episode. Um, that had a, a cool, a very well done time loop episode, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was actually very conscientious. They kept, they kept it consistent in terms of what happening and whatnot. This one wasn't really supposed to be too consistent in terms of the time loop, because when you learn what really going down, you can understand why, quote unquote, it wasn't consistent, because they addressed that. In the story, um, yeah, it just had good characterization overall. Um, good, good writing. Um, the final episode had a really great, great, interesting reveal. I thought that was very clever. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just a solid outing overall. I, I get this a really high score. Like I give it like a good eight out of ten. Um, All right, cool. Yeah, nice, it's nice. very well done. It's short and sweet. And the, the, I think the big strength of it was Natasha Leon holding the film. Holding the whole project together, she really holds, keeps your attention. She's a, a genuinely great and charismatic character, and, and you really empathize with her when you find out what she stories about and what's going on. Um, the side characters are good. She has great chemistry with them, and the pacing, the pacing is good. They, they don't, they don't stick. They don't waste time. Like, look, uh, <clears throat> Netflix, Marvel. You know, <laughs> I, I know, right? I know, I know. Pacing, pacing. You had to get to the point. This was this could have, this could have been a two and a half hour film easily, um, but no, they just had it episodically and it worked. Um, and, and I wish more stuff is like this. Short and sweet. Keep to the point. Um, don't, don't link out something if you don't have to lengthen it out. And that's why this works so well for me. Um, yeah. Uh, solid outing, in my opinion. Solid sci-fi outing. Well, it's more... Well, uh, yeah, it's still sci-fi. I won't say it's a fantasy thing. It's, it's sci-fi. I have no problem yeah. calling it a sci-fi. It's fine. Uh, great. 
Loved it. Cool, cool. I'll I'll be checking it out for sure. I mean, it's like three, four hours, so I can't go wrong, right? Yeah. Nice. Right, so keep on Netflix for a bit now. Um, now we're going to talk about, uh, well, I should say the latest film from writer slash director Dan Gilroy. Um, it reunites yeah. him with both Jake Gyllenhaal and Rene right. Russo. Uh, right. This, yeah, who, well, they work together on the excellent, excellent, excellent Nightcrawler. Crawler, yes. Yeah, I would say one of the best movies of the 2010s. I know nice, you totally uh, agree with me there. That was a 2014, yeah. That was one of my favorite that I Yeah. yeah. Uh, this show here is called Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> I don't know. if Just from a title like this, Red, I was like, okay, what is this, Red? Like, is this just weird, quirky title that's supposed to sound edgy and it's supposed, like, for the sake of being edgy and quirky, yeah. like, what is the point of all this? But, um, and then, and then the trailer came out. I'll talk about that trailer in a bit, though. But, um, yeah, that trailer came out and I was like, um, what, what? But... Yes. This scene, the, well, scene Jake Gyllenhaal, Reddy Russo, Tony Collette, uh, my boy David D, um, David Digg, sorry. Yeah. And just seeing Dan Gilroy's name on it, I was like, all right, yeah. I need to see this. And yeah. this year, it's it, it coming out in Net, on Netflix too. Well, I know it had a limited theatrical release or something like that, but right. coming out on Netflix too, and not, in t- and not, um, not uh, worldwide, I would say, on theaters. I was like, all right, well, this had to be a big deal now. Right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, before we start, I kind of worried that Dan Gilroy might be a bit of a wanted wonder. Um, what? He, he did, um, well, yeah, I know he did movies before Nightcrawler, I was big, but I don't know anything before Nightcrawler off the top of my head with him. But he did um, that, but that lawyer movie with Denzel Washington, and that was kind of a, a flop. All right, um, that Roman G. Israel Esquire, Roman, I was supposed to watch that. That fell flat. And yeah. he did this, and this have a great premise that he can I'm going to straight up say it. This was kind of a squandered premise. Um, I don't think this was bad, but given the talent involved and what it could have been, eh, he kind of blew it. A little bit. No, I, I don't hate it, but it's like, yeah, you could have do more with this. 
Like, I, I, I liked it, but I wanted this to be... This could have been better. Whatever. All right. I would agree with you um, with, in that respect, but the um, thing with me, though, is that I saw what he was getting at. Like, I, I, right. I knew what he was going for, but right. it's just he had a problem just kind of balancing um, balancing these these genres out. Because basically, in this film, oh. we get two genres. Like, we get your supernatural horror that's stuff, right? Yeah, that's, that's the problem. It's like these two tools going on. Here's the thing with it. Again, tonally is a problem because if it was, I kind of more, well, when I started watching it, I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me a little bit like Dragon to Helner in the sense that it's a premise that you're supposed to be taken seriously at face value, but you realize it's more a send-up send of a format because it's a right, horror right. format, but it's a more parody at the same time kind of vibe. And that's what I was getting from it. I was like, yeah, yeah this, making, this making fun of a lot of, uh, you know, um, art oh, culture. Oh, oh, yeah, I was gonna say arty farty, but yeah, that art exactly. culture. Yeah, it's that, really it's like it, it, um, it's, a send up of those of that lifestyle, that, that bougie that lifestyle. Well, like that mystery behind the scenes, you know, all of the the, the mindset of it. Um, I I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was great in this, you know. To, to be oh, fair, he was he was excellent in this. In fact, everybody was good in this. Um, all the actors were great. It's just the, the script needed a a couple a punching up because. This could have been much better if they knew what they were doing with it. The script needed more time. Like, it could have do more, two or more, three um, run-throughs, and it could have worked better. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I would agree, I would agree. Right, so... The directing isn't bad either. Um, I thought it was okay in that sense. Um, and then all the actors were great. And well, they had their boy from Blind, Blind Spotted in it. It had... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And and they give him they give him quite well. I, I, I honestly I kind of expected that they would give him more things to do, but when he was there, the man owned it, and I actually like his character in relation to yeah, all I, the like bushy this was going. I, 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 he was he was a character I could actually relate to. Well, he was, he, he was a character I could relate to more than anybody else to be honest. Right. Anyway, before we can continue, what is what is Velvet Buzz about, Matthew? Basically, this it's it's set in Miami Beach, right? And we following yeah. the like, well, sorry, we following the just basically the life of this critic, this art critic. His name is right. Morph Vanderwalt, played excellently yeah. by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, yeah. He goes to his art exhibition, and it's just like all this kind of weird stuff. Like, all right, like he will get your traditional paintings and stuff, right? Cool, normal. But then they had this one guy who had the who was doing robotics. He had something called yeah. Oh Man. And yeah. but head ourselves self, self, all right, is this like uh like a like is this in the near future or something like that? No, or no, no. Or is this just like not this not is not set? Not. Yes, no. All right, all right. Yeah, no, at first, at first, robots, I was, I was wondering. It's not plenty of robots like that are existing. And it's an art project. It wasn't like a, a actual person or anything like that. Like you know, people just play robots in the street or whatever. It is in, in Amsterdam or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, there's also this big gigantic sphere, what they call it, the sphere there. And yeah. it's supposed, like, if you push your hand into one of the holes, it's supposed to give you this, I don't know, this sensory experience. It's, it's just all kind of stuff going on, right? Yeah. And Morph is just the type of guy that he, he just kind of buys into his old crap there. So, like, he will just, like, yeah. berate, like, in, in, in the case of the homo man, he just berates him there. It's like, this is not art, this is crap, you know what I mean? But right, everything right, else right. is just like, yeah, I could just more or less Call up with some kind of shipping, you know, some kind of shipping thought about it and just roll with it, basically, right? So, um, his agent, uh, Josephina, she's played by Zawe Ashton. Um, I think this is the first time I ever saw her in a film. I don't know if I ever saw anything else, but she looks familiar, right? But basically, yeah. um, 
she works for this art gallery owner. Her name is Rodora, who's played by Rene right. Russo. She was formerly of a member of a rock group called Velvet Buzz. So in the back of her neck, uh-huh. she has a tattoo of the right. group. And, uh, I hated that ending. Foreshadowing, that's all I was saying. No, yeah, I did what they did with that. I, I know, but I, I kind of get what it's trying to do because like, all right, but still, why is we call Velvet Buzz so? And then right, that yeah, happened. Just... It's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Right, so more... F- trying to live his life, you know, things not going right with his, uh, well, his boyfriend, Ed. So he tried to start back this relationship with, um, with Josefina because they had an affair before, right? But yeah, while all okay. this is going on, um, Josefina, uh, well, the, the apartment in, that she lives in, um, this guy in the past, um, ended up dying, right? So he just, his body is like outside of his apartment, the, the door of his apartment, basically. She goes right. inside and then she realizes that this man just have like a bunch of paintings, right? All these kind of weird, dark stuff, right? And Italy told you a little bit, all based off the, the life that he had. It was very, well, he had an abusive dad and he even ended up going into this uh, mental asylum because it's just deep, dark stuff that was going on in his life, right? So, Josephine was like, all right, well, this, 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 these pages can't just go to waste. You can't just dump them. So, she shows yeah. um, Rodora it and she's like spellbound by it. She's like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to put this up in this art gallery. Um, and then, well, they, when they was trying to move the um, the, the art about um, the guy who, well, they, was, they hired this guy basically to transport his stuff and put it in his warehouse for safekeeping. Right. Uh, something kind of terrible happens to him. Some some really yeah. weird happens, and he dies, right? And that's just one of many things that happened to particular characters in the show, including Morph. <laughs> Can you kind of establish that when you do see, like, if you is that if you see the, the one of the paintings or you or you well, kind of yeah, watch the it. Yeah, I think it's basically once you try to profit off it, because again, the plot, they they address what the person gave instructions about the art itself and what you should do with it. And that was, yeah, basically if you try to profit or or cater to it in any way, um, that is when things go wrong. Yeah, Yeah, so basically if you you try to profit uh, from it, if you want to make money off it, or even if you buy it, (laughs) yeah, yeah, something terrible and dark and brutal will happen to you. You know, characters will die in like the weirdest ways possible. It gets bloody eventually with, with you know, and, and more messed up with uh, with each death. And yeah. it's just basically about Morph trying to deal with all that whilst trying to get his life in order. And that's all I want to say about the show before, um, before, well, yeah, that's all I want to say before, um, well, without spoiling anything, right? So, um, Ricardo, uh, well, anything else you want to say about the, well, good things about the show? Um, in your opinion, uh, it just mentioned bad stuff. Uh, no, the good things. Um, I actually thought it was pretty funny. Um, when it was when it was trying to be humorous, I actually thought it was hilarious, especially Jake Gyllenhaal and his moments. Um, yeah, his it, character it, in general was was hilarious, way. Right? But yeah. it was it was but it wasn't like what I was worried about. Like I thought he was going to be like this caricature of right. an art critic, now, but he well, he's it so multi layered. Whereas like he could kind of be a caricature at times, but he's a, he's his own person. Now. Yeah. But that's what he was. I mean, he was a kind of caricature of, of the art critic. Now, this this person who don't like anything and constantly critiquing. Like that is one moment in a funeral, which is hilarious. I thought. Oh the boy, <laughs> I was critiquing the color, the, the, the color of the casket, and I was like, nah, boy. I was like, stop right. it, just just stop it, just hush it. <laughs> right. Um. Lots stuff like that. Um. All the, again, all the great characters. Rene Russo was good in this. Um. What's this other name, boy? Oh gosh. Um. Malkovich. He was good in this. 
Yeah, uh, uh, yes, how we could forget John Markovich was in it as well too. Um, yeah. he was this kind of like seasoned um painter, and yeah. basically he was like trying to find inspiration again. There's right. a scene with him at the very end where and, I was sure what it meant, but I guess he but, found inspiration as well. See, but this is the way how they set it up. This didn't make any sense to me. Right. Well, I, I kind of get what it was like. Given his car, given his character, and what what Ren Russo told him, um, I uh, knew what was going on there. But again, in the context of the film, it didn't really tie in. Now, look, I don't know if that is in itself a critique of art films in itself, where you know, oh well, you know, you don't need completeness, and you could interpret blah 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 that bullshit, right? You know, I mean, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's that's a good point to touch on there, you know, If it's, it's the same a critique on art right? films too, yeah. They had the same argument last week about art films, right? Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yes, and, with um, Suspiria, yeah. Right, exactly. And this this film, I just thought, was just felt... I want to go as far as saying unfinished, but they could have done more with it, as I say. I said that before. They could have done little ideas with it. And with his character, I get what he was doing there with his character because it makes sense in terms of a character arc, but didn't tie into the film. I didn't get what was, why it was relevant necessarily. Um, so I didn't hate it. It was like okay, it's just this kind of somber ending to the whole situation, like, and you can say that he was kind of ignorant of what was going on, you know. So when he come back, what the fuck you going? How are you gonna react now? You know, because maybe he's totally isolated. Um, yeah. Whatever. Uh, my, my, my my thing is though, as, as you were such as you was talking about tones and stuff, right? Yeah. How I saw it, I felt that he was hitting the the satire stuff, the social satire stuff, way better than the horror stuff, like this. Exactly. It is horror elements in it, eh? but it j- you just had a wait for it to come. And I kind of get from Gilroy's perspective, like maybe he just wanted this to be a slow burn. But oftentimes it was like, um, what it reminded me of more? Like, uh, like I saw some people that like, kind of make the reference of a. Uh, remember a movie called The Player? No. It came out in '92. Um, I think Robert Altman directed. Sorry. It's basically a critique on Hollywood. Now. So it's about okay. these agents and directors and all that kind of stuff. And one right. selling point for it is that it just had this wide cast and there's a bunch of celebrities in it. That's how it felt. Right. I, I was getting that vibe from it at first now, where it's like, all right, this is a critique on the art where people want to feel good. So you have to buy this, you know, um, portrait from this guy and whatnot. And you feel good about yourself, right? But then I was getting like a Mulholland Drive kind of feel to things where, if you remember right, that, right. that had a, 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 well, kind of a, well, not entirely, but it had a critique on Hollywood as well too. The whole movie itself is a critique on Hollywood and, you know, just about the style of film noir and what we see as right. real and all that kind of stuff there. Exactly. Right, right, I, right, I felt right. that the, to- the, the, the tonal um, shifts with that work better than here, than um, this movie right. here. This one is more like, all right, we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on Morph and the world that he's in. And then when it gained deep into it, deep into it, then we'll throw some weird into it. Some right. really messed up. So really, it's just the... Ba- the, um, the, the there was, it, it should have been a better balance in those tones, man. I felt that he was focusing right. more on the, on the social stuff, but he did that way better. And when it comes to yeah. like, the horrific stuff, like it did, yeah. and it was, it was effective, eh? but it was effective because... It was I, something that happened, but we well, looking at it. Yeah. Looking at it, no, it's kind of like, yeah, you could have had, but you could have had some more of it too. You could have uh, right. these things out better. Like, yeah, yeah, right. That, that was my problem with it. I find if you're if you're doing the tonal stuff, keep it consistent in that sense. And I again, um, you know, again, morning, morning, quarterbacking. To me, I find you should have, if anything, you make the deaths play out more funny. You know? Um, so yeah. you, you keep up. 
human angle going now. Like, uh, if, it, if they went in that direction, it would have worked. But no, they decided to do this, like, El Georgian kind of Lovecraftian kind of paradigm going on. And nothing about it made sense in terms of, like, when you find out what the guy's, well, the quote-unquote backstory of the source of all this. When that information came out, I was like, well, that is it? Like, that, that is the cause of all of this? Like, I thought well, it could have Well, here's, here's I, the thing, right? Here, here's the thing. Well, sorry to cut you. Here's the thing, right? I was more looking at it like, well, all right, so you know that um, the Twilight Zone reboot is supposed to come out sometime in April, right? With uh, John Peel helming it. So, like, when right. I was looking at it, like, near me, and I told myself, all right, so I could try to figure out exactly what going like something that justify everything that happened with the paintings or could just look at it as oh this could have just been like a twilight zone episode that to me that was that's how it felt like to me like if this if, if this was like short like an hour short because this movie clocks in two hours this would have made for a great twilight zone episode nah? like the reboot now nah? because yeah, it does have that kind of vibe where things happen like real weird things happen but you're not sure why but it all has a result of something that the characters do Right, it's what but the characters still, do that still, led I, to what happened, but what happened isn't explained, and that that's that's the mystery, you know. That's the that's the horror that that um the movie leaves behind, you know. So yeah. I looked at it like that, but I do agree with you where they could have just kind of even things out so it makes sense in the end. Now why yeah. these things happen? This kind of happened because it happened. I probably fully agree with you. Um, if I didn't watch, if I didn't just watch Russian Door. Because Russian Doll is exactly where you should be doing the Twilight Zone episode. Um, that's what it felt like, like a really good, you know, extended Twilight Zone title. So I was like, no, but Russian Doll had an arc and it was very clear what they're trying to do and so on, so on, so forth. Right, and, you're right. They, they, they really should have had an arc with, with these characters. And for one thing, though, like, I like the, the point, that I like the fact that they, like, let me just say all the lead actors get a chance to shine. Even the, yeah, 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 no, David Dixon, like, even though he didn't really have a big role to play there. But yeah. um, I felt like character acts just kind of stop like with davi yeah. it's kind of stops he makes a decision out of the blue and that's the yeah. end of it Margaret's yeah. because decision and that's the end of it um natalia dyer who plays uh i think she was like the former secretary of uh Rene russo's character she just right. makes a decision and that's it or you saw like like near the end she do something but it's like what does that say about her leading on, on the future that, that just kind of stops now i don't know on top of that i, I didn't uh, care for you know, how they kill off some of these people because the deaths themselves um, was like, all right, well, that's how they're dead? Like, wait, what? Like, okay. Like, I get it doing the whole Final Destination thing, but it, it, didn't, it didn't, like, impact me. And again, it just, feel, it just ultimately felt unfinished. Now. Yeah. Um, they were, they were, the, the first few are fine because they could have done so much more with it. Um, there, there, there is one slight spoiler involved in this sphere. I thought that was the best. And then the one with the Velvet Buzzsaw thing, well, with Renny, well, with, with Velvet Buzzsaw. That was I laugh at it, but then at the same time, I was like, all right, that was just so. What's he, what's he word? Um, almost like the, like, it was like a, 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 like the director's choice there. There's so much, yeah. oh, this is what the paintings do. Okay, they didn't really yeah, talk the paintings. Just, just, this is how it ends, right? So, boom, it happens. No, but see, my problem is that when they, as I said, when they explain what was going on in terms of like, well, what the source of all of this was, and I'm like, wait, that is the reason why this happening? And they didn't explain like what the real source of it was. And again, if they played for joke or played humorous, it would work. Like, if they kept it humorous the entire time, it could have totally worked. The tension yeah. that went into like designing the death scenes were cool. Like, that's the way how the film built tension I thought worked great, right? Um, and it really does feel like a thriller, like a real thriller. And you know when 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 it calls for it, but um, 
yeah, I felt some of the deaths was kind of like, all right, this is it. They did have a funny bit involving um, Natalia Dyer, um, where she kind of walks into people getting de- um, dead already. I thought that was funny. And how it played out, like, with the last death involved uh, with her, I thought that was cool, too. I, I thought that the, well, that death, that third death, I would say, I don't want to spoil anything beyond that. I thought that was the right. most effective one in any in, in movie, well, as, as far as I'm concerned. But now I'll talk about the trailer briefly. Uh, now, I, now I'm actually regretting that I saw that trailer. The trailer spoiled the deaths, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is not, like, if I, if I didn't see the trailer... I'd be like, oh, holy shit, this actually happened. But now, as, as right. I came in, came in with, with the knowledge of what to expect, as I came yeah, with I, the knowledge of, of what to expect, and I was just like, yeah, but I wish I didn't see that, though. I wish I didn't uh, see that. I, I, should, I should have gone to this one. I should have gone to it. If I went in more blind, I might have enjoyed it more. Um, you yeah, know, it's, I, it's I like, have a feeling I, I would have enjoyed it, too, if I went in blind as well. But right. for what I got here, um, like, once again, I got where Dan Gilroy was coming from. And right. I guess if you look at it as a Twilight Zone episode, like an extended Twilight Zone episode, right. you would enjoy it. Um, yeah. And it is different. It is unique. And I do like how they really stick it to, you know, the, the bougie upper class world that, yes. you know, you I and like I... That I really don't know of. Yeah, I, and, you know, those moments are great too. But I felt that, you know, if he had put equal emphasis on, you know, the, the horrific stuff, on the mystery box stuff, then we would have had a, a better movie. So I saw right. what he was going with, I saw what he was going for, but he just did the satirical stuff way better than, than the horror stuff. The horror stuff was just, eh, but the satirical stuff, lack. Right. Especially with James yeah, Bill's um, performance, I thought that he killed it with that, uh, with that, with that character. I, <laughs> I don't know, this scene was cute. It's yeah. like, you know, you, 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 you want to hate him, but at the same time, it's like, I just laughing at you so much. You're just such a funny motherfucker. I just like you. <laughs> yeah. No, I as I said, uh, for me, I could have done. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I just wish. I just wish you could have sat down and make this work better in terms of, you know, the the tone and the approach and the script and have it just play out a little better. I see why it come on Netflix. But yeah, comparing it to something like Nightcrawler, which framed itself so brilliantly in terms of tone and what it was going for in terms of, yeah, um, you know, the the the, the literal anti-hero narrative, no, the, the, the subversion of the hero narrative in a in a really pathological and disgusting way in that film. Um, I really thought it could have done something with that involving the horror and whatnot, but it just felt like an ultimately half-baked um, project overall. And I, in the case of Nightcrawler, I had no idea what I was going in to, to see. I just saw the trailer, and the trailer was kind of unclear about what the hell was going on. Um, and then you, you found out. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, this overall, is, I really wish they could have do this over, Jerry. You know, but you know, films is film, they had to finish it and leave it as this. Um, it's just unfortunate that he could have, you know, do a better job and, and bake it better now. Um, yeah. You know, a little bit of time, you know, one more, one or two more minutes in the microwave, right? Um, uh, I don't know, I don't know if this score have it in my head. I, I want to give it like a, a kind of five out of ten. Um, all right, because it, it's just such a letdown, especially given the talent involved. You know, you had yeah, all these yeah, great yeah. involved. Yeah, your boy from Blind Spotting coming through, he was good in it. Um, I forget the girls, I don't know where she from. The girl was the main female lead in this. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what I was um, talking about. Um, uh, Zawe Ashton. Like, I yeah, saw she... her in a film before, but right. like from her, I just can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, you know, it's a film that is a slight disappointment. They could have done more with it. And yeah, that's about it. I, um, as I said, 5 out of 10, you know. Whatever. Right. Well, I, I am actually much more fair to the movie than you were. I would give this a decent 3.5 out of 5, man. It is worth checking out. Um, if you're 
well, I would say avoid the the, the trailer at all costs because it spoils the really shocking, horrific moments. Um, but if you just want to go in there, if you want to just watch a film with some really sharp satirical writing and, you know, there's these characters that seem larger than life and yet have this kind of weird Twilight Zone-esque um, element in and I mean, just how I describe this right now, you won't see a movie like this at all, boy. But I felt, given the premise, just how out there it is, they really could have done much more with it. Um, I mean, the, the cast is solid, solid throughout, I would say. Um, and the direction is strong. There are some establishing shots, before I forget. Some establishing yeah. shots for this, I was like, God damn! Yeah. That is no, the like, establishing shots, boy. Yeah, Like, shots of the city itself. Yeah. I was like, wait, all right, that's this is like Nightcrawler times three, yeah. right? like again, that, that dark new noir vibe from it now, and yeah. it does have this new noir feel to things, right, just like uh, Mulholland Drive and the player, which I mentioned earlier, but with the horror premise though, I felt that there wasn't enough time and, you know, effort put into those moments, and yeah, that, that was a letdown for me as well, I felt it could have just approach both genres or both tones equally and then you would have had a great movie but for yeah. what it is i mean the, the cast makes the film work i mean it's well directed yeah. um the, the score was pretty effective i um as well and you will be laughing quite a lot with this um even with the even in the darker moments you you will find yourself laughing with this but yeah i still say give this a look um could have been better but for, it is what it right. is right i say give it a look right all right so this was a run through um, two Academy Award um, films briefly. So um, I will start off with uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me, right? This okay. is actually a bio- biographical film. Um, it's directed by oh. Marielle Heller. Didn't know this. I didn't know it was, it was based on a true story, right? Um, uh, but the, the real selling point of this is uh, the, the Oscar nomination for Best Actress uh, with Melissa McCarthy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big mill finger to everybody who's like, oh, you don't like my movies, you don't like Happy Time Murders? All right, well, she, yeah. hey, she, she's the kind of person that, look, is a person that I thought she, she, she kind of makes you bones on a particular style of comedy, and then I thought she would have evolved from that style of comedy, and she never really did, per se. Um, she never really fully did, in my opinion, per se. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, that sort of raunchy, I don't give a fuck, Kind of um, kind of char- right. um, character, always right. loudmouth, always have to have the last word. That's always a, a, a stick with a with a brand of humor. She always had a, right. ha- always have to have the last word. And I would and, say then, in, in this movie here, like right. at the very beginning, at the opening scene, she does that. She yeah. does the whole "I have the last word" kind of thing, but she doesn't do it again in the movie, fortunately. But yeah, continue. Yeah, but then she'll do some stuff that is like really, really well done, and and in the context of comedy and fulfills. The paradigm well and then she'll slip back and do some bullshit yeah like i would say with with uh with paul feig when they work together yeah. like with bridesmaids and and spy in particular yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. when they work together and yeah i guess they extend ghostbusters yeah well you know uh, well, well uh, ghostbusters uh, is not a failure on her part right and to be clear i don't think the ghostbusters was a, a necessarily a failure um but that's not that i won't put that in her camp i don't really have a problem with her in that uh but right. she, she just She'll just do something and then come back and is like, all right, well, you know, yeah, I thought you move on from this now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, a, she's a, I, I as a comedy step, as a comedy presence, um, she's somebody I do have a working respect for. Um, and so to see her do this very serious role, I was like, all right, 
you're doing you're, you're, you're doing things you're knocking you're knocking um so tell me how how does how is this move yeah. give this on a chance all right well premise is i didn't even know much about it going in I just heard it was so great and best of the year, blah, 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 right? So she plays the deceased author, Lee Israel. Never heard right. of her before in my life, but um, apparently she was involved with some, um, with some forgery, um, literally for, literary forgery, sorry. And this film pretty much details how she got into that, right? So she um, put out a, a biography on um, S.T. Lauder, um, right. this American business person, and that pretty much flopped now. So it's like, all right. right, well, I need to get some money, you know what I mean? Um, and, and at the same time, she deal with alcoholism as well too. So, you know, she have it rough. Right. She have it rough, right? And then, um, well, as she was trying to sell her possessions to, you know, to make money so she could pay the rent and whatnot, uh, she sells this personal letter that she received from Catherine Hepburn, right? Um, to this local book dealer. So right. she realized, well, all right, well, these personal letters from these big celebrities, you know, who passed away, all right, I can make some bank off of that. So what she do, she started forging these things, right? So um, she would write. Uh, she would write for people like Noel Coward, Co- uh, Noel Coward, sorry, Fanny Bryce. You know, people that I that apparently are popular, like in the literary world or, uh, world or something like that, um, or I guess like celebrities back like in the you know fifties and sixties or whatnot. But yeah, she just started writing these letters and stuff, and it was just like how amazing they were, what they reveal about themselves, you know, away from the public eye. Because like I say, they are personal letters, right? So while she's doing that, uh, she runs into um, this drug dealer, right, who just so happens to be gay, right? We learn that later on. His name is Jack Hawk. He's played by Richard E. Grant, who is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And he kind of helps her out in, yeah, he helps out in, you know, these, these forge, this forgery scheme that, that, that she's doing. And as you would expect, yes, the FBI comes through and shenanigans happen, right? But the, the film really focuses more on the friendship between Lee and Jack, right? And going in, I would say, yes, the chemistry between the two leads are, are great, Um as far as acting goes, I would say, yeah, Melissa McCarthy really owns it. I think that she she actually did surprise me. Like, I know she's capable of doing, you know, um, I know she have it in her to do dramatic roles. Then um, seeing her do it here, I was like, all right, yeah, she have it, she have it, she have it. She's more than, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, a dirty mountain. You know, there's more to her than that. And yeah, she yeah. does swear, but not that much. But And she is crass when she's ready. But there is something endearing about her. You do feel sorry for her at times. You do get where she's coming from. Her MO is that she believes in the written word. You know, there's something powerful about the written word. Now. So, you know, if, if it's just I writing in place of this, this actor or actress who died or this, this author or whatnot, and people loving this thing, cool, you know what I mean? People are, in, are investing letters now, you know what I mean? So... But I like that it kind of plays out where, you know, it's like the FBI sort of cracked on her and what is she doing? And yes, it does affect the relationship between her and Jack later on. Um, but as far as the show, as the movie goes, just to be perfectly honest, it's fine. It's it's okay. It's okay. kind of like one of those slightly feel-good dramas, you know. You see it, 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 it's big during like, you know, award season or whatnot, and then you kind of forget about it afterwards. That's how I right. felt with this movie overall. That's not to say it's a bad movie. Yeah? It serves its right. purpose. It's feel good. You get this this relationship this this friendship that they don't take will work and somehow it does. 
and there's some great jazz music that they throw into this as well too some really yeah. like old school jazz stuff that they throw in this and yeah it's it just has this kind of feel good vibe to things you know even though the story could get a tad bit depressing at times right um especially with with lee's life but it is an interesting story and you know the movie doesn't go out its way to try to be anything that's not it comes in it serves its purpose it entertains it tells you something about these characters and that's it they come in do it how to do and leave that's it it doesn't they're not trying to do anything else so that's why i say it's fine you know it is what it is but i wouldn't say that i would remember this thing for years to come but um okay i would say if you're a melissa mccarthy fan or if you are a richard e grant fan yeah check this out and then, <laughs> I, i'm not gonna say that they, they're gonna they're gonna win any awards i i kind of doubt it if richard e grant wins that'll be great for him but I still think your boy Marsha Ali will win for yeah, your movie, so. Green Book. <laughs> in the case of Marsha Ali, he kind of punched him down, eh? because to me, it should have be, he more was a kind of cool, cool leader in that film. So to him to get supporting, it's kind of weird. Eh? Um, yeah, however, you know, I, I guess so, because yeah, to, to me, he, he, did, he did shine more than, than Viggo Mortensen, in my, in exactly. my opinion. Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, you know, as I said, uh, you know, you just do the whole, you, 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 you play, the, you make the easy play. Now, it was strategic kind of decision more than anything. It felt like, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. And as far as it, well, yes, it's also nominated for best adapted screenplay because it is based from Lee Israel's personal memoirs, right? So it's like, all right, well, if it wins, that'll be cool, I guess. But I could think of a better movie that'll win, right? So right. let's call it this movie Oscar bait. I mean. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's far. I don't think it's Oscar bait. Green Book is more Oscar bait than this one here, in my opinion, right? Right. right. But this true, one, like it. I say, it's just a serviceable biographical um, comedy drama. You will like it. You will feel good when you see it. You will be, you know, engaged with the story and whatnot. But uh, like I said before, personally, I don't see myself revisiting this film. Not, not seeing that it's bad or anything like that. But it's not. Or, or, or it offended me in any way. It's just. Yeah, I see it. It was fine. Okay, uh-huh. moving on. That that's how I felt watching this thing. But no way am I saying that you should not check it out. If you're curious, give it a look. You may like it, right? So for me, I will give this I like three and a half out of five. It's it's worth checking out. Um as for it being nominated, well, I guess that is a big, you know, a big achievement. Especially with somebody like Melissa McCarthy. And I hope that, you know, the with the re- well, I don't know. I would I don't want to see the next few years in her career, but I hope that she does challenge herself with more dramatic roles instead of just being typecast as the loud, bossy, you know, cussbird um, character all yeah. the time, right? You know, and you know, it's a woman, so you have to let that slide, you know, because you know, me too, and all that kind of stuff. But no, right, um, right, right. she really does show her acting chops here. And I really want to see her do more roles like that, and. But if not, if she just decides to just continue the comedy route and do, you know, forgettable things like the Happy Time Murders and Life of the Party, which we did not review, but I heard it was shit. That's why I didn't bother to watch it. I had a choice between that and Happy Time Murders, but because the premise of Happy Time Murders, I picked that one, right? But, you know, I just hope that she picks better roles, whether it be dramatic or comedic. And, yeah, you know, who knows? She might actually win that Academy Award for sure. But if she wins this year for Best Actress, I see this right right now this that will be a big disappointment a big 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 disappointment <laughs> olivia coleman had to win that trend not, not melissa mccarthy but if she win i got right. thought i got feel salty about it but i'll be like all right round of applause let's just hope that you don't do like a nicholas cage or cuba gun jr and sign bullshit going forward to see right, it, or make really weird career choices 
<coughs> Snow Dogs. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows where she will go with her career now that she get this Oscar nom and people are really going to pay attention to her as right. an actress. But yeah, if you're a fan or if you're just curious to see if she really could deliver on that, yeah, give it a look, man. It wouldn't hurt. Right. Nice one. All right. And last but not least, speaking of the Academy Awards, now we have to talk about one um, that has been nominated for Best Supporting Actress uh, for Miguel Regina King, Best Adapted yeah. Screenplay, and right. Strong strong contender for best original score god yep. damn i love the score for this one babe. yeah if you uh, speak the talk yeah um okay so uh, I... I just want to say this quick before before you get to to well i want you to do the, the premise for this right so i am not familiar with this with the book of it for the for the book at all um right. i know it's written by the the great legendary um writer james baldwin but i just never got yeah. around to reading it um, right. But, uh, you know, I heard it through the grapevine that, you know, Barry Jenkins, who came through, you know, a couple of years ago with the excellent Moonlight, loved that movie, and it won Best yeah. Picture, quite in a, in a controversial way, but it won, and yeah. I'll still say 10 years from now, people will look back and say, yeah, because Moonlight is the better movie. Sorry, La La Land, but Moonlight is better, right? So, right. you know, it's like, all right, sky's the limit, let me see what Barry Jenkins have next, right? It's like, all right, he's going to do a film version of this book. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, it's it's romantic. It's a drama. All right, let's see where it goes here. Uh, but yeah, b- before I get to my thoughts on it, uh, Ricardo, yes, your thoughts. Well, yes, your your early talk. You know, your your whatever it is you have to say about the movie before you get into <laughs> the premise. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, right. So I'm just gonna start off saying that uh, James Baldwin is one of the few black intellectuals that I actually enjoy the writing of. Um, you know, it just as his his writing style, what he does with... Um, th- I, I think the only person that will enjoy the writing of a little more is probably maybe Fans Fanon. Um, that's about it. Um, most of the other writers that already either don't feel the, the, the poetry or I'd already feel the writing style or they've been too didactic for me to enjoy. Um, like you get the message, what they're trying to say, um, but you don't really feel it. Um, maybe Richard Wright does it to an extent. But right. he... I... Um, Baldwin, I always, always enjoyed how he thinks about the world, how he, his observational style, what he did. And it is, look, I, I'm just going to be straight, straight up. When it comes to black intellectualism, I'm kind of a basic bitch. Not, right. Don't really know that much, not, not too deep into it in terms of like what I should know or whatnot um, from a Caribbean perspective, from a, you know, a African-American perspective, um, you know, the history, suffering, you know, social issues, blah, 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 right? Um, um, I remember reading this book once, <laughs> 15 years ago, and yeah, right. I dug it. I dug it enough, um, but I didn't, I didn't um, love the book in, because I thought the premise, I thought would have been deeper, but it's the banality of it that makes, is the really, the root of the book. That's why it works, because it's so common. Um, it's so common, it's so, um, it's happening today still, um, it's so, it's more than, more than relevant today, um, from the time of the, the writing of the book. And, the just the description of the banality is what makes him work quite well. Um, right. it's, he's just, you know, the main character, she's just talking about life and how they have her doing the narration. Um, yeah, um, this, this would be Clementine Rivers. Yes. Yes. Um, who's, played, who's played excellently by, um, well, I don't want to say this is her first time performance because uh, apparently she's been active for quite some time. Uh, Kiki Lane, or Keandra Lane, right. sir. Right. And uh, the, this, this film... Um, as far as I understand, the film just translated the book pretty straightforward. 
Um, from what I understand. Uh, because I, I, really I, was, I was more picking up on it with the the um, the, the dialogue and the voiceover right. narration that she does. It really does feel like they just lifted word for word from that book. Pretty much, yeah, pretty yeah. much. They don't have to. They not, I don't think they had much to change. Uh, but uh, but I really like uh, they they do a great job with with uh, with the with the, 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 the escalation of the scenes. Like it starts off nice and and, and the first couple of line reading moments, I was like, eh, this kind of looking kind of weak and thing. And then you realize, no, it's it's. Characters trying to be a certain way, um, and then it, when it started to escalate and get serious, it get real fucking serious, right? Yeah. Uh, so she had, <laughs> when the family meet, meet each other. Oh uh, my I'm, god, that was that was that was intense. Yeah. Um, just want to say this quick, right? Just want to say this quick, right? Um, right. All right. So the actress who plays Clementine's sister, right? Um, Tiona Paris. Right. The way how she came through, how she defended yeah. her sister. I was like, that yeah. is fucking brutal, Dren. That yeah, that yeah. is what you do. That is what you do, Dren. Now I, yeah, I love uh, the performance of that. Another thing I really appreciated about this film is the cast. Like, holy shit, that's a great fucking cast here. I didn't know it had like I didn't know it had these like what you in this? You in this? What yeah, Brian Tyree had reason this? I didn't know Pedro Pascal was in this, Diego Luda was yes, in this. Yeah. Um, um, even we boy uh at uh, screen you know uh at screen or whatever from um you know the the, the transportary fuel we laugh at him you yeah, know yeah. villain from from deadpool that guy him yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but the that he was there and yes he's perfectly cast as a, a, a racist redneck cop i was like all right, right. that's perfect and just the, the time that he was on screen it's like yes yes i hate you but that's the point i love it i watch it if you said like we died the boy from deadpool there i'm like we hear this and he's good <laughs> Like yeah, the word. Oh, but okay, so uh, here's the positives of this movie, right? Cast good, acting good. The direction in this film is excellent. Like, oh my god, yes, yes, yes. yes. I did I get nominated for this? What the fuck? Um, the, the framing of shots uh, yeah. in, in this film. On yeah. point. The yeah. camera movements, the way how it moves for, you know, when and how it moves though. On point. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. Just from a cinematography po- um, standpoint, yeah, this movie is beautiful. It really yeah. does feel like this is early 70s Harlem where, yes, this story is yeah. set in. And, you know, even in the more intimate scenes with uh, with Clementine and her, well, her boyfriend, I was going to say lover for a sec, um, Alonso, who's played by um, Stephen James, quite actually, yeah. uh, I would say. Just those moments in the way how they film, even though there's some that, you know, uh, use a lot of shadow and stuff, but yes, even in those moments, yes, the cinematography and direction were just near perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I, I is is I, again, I kind of this is a movie that kind of gets snubbed for a couple couple things because to me, it should have get best film too for nomination. Um, Be- best film, I, it could have gotten for best director, in my opinion. As well, I was like, yeah, this. Yeah, this Barry Jenkins really, really came through here because I was worried. Yeah. I was like, all right, can you top? Can you top Moonlight Jet? I know you're capable of it, but can you top it right. with this movie here? And then the mark come true. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta straight say it. I gotta straight up say it. Yeah, Barry Jenkins is a real deal, though. Um, yeah, he is. He is. You could tell the man have love and care and well passion for this for the for the material here, and you could see yeah. it on every shot of this movie. The man have 
Bob puts like kid effort to it. You know, and ironically, this is the same thing I said about that um, Damien Chazelle with La La La, you know, like right. he put so much care and thought and love but into the movie. He won Best Director, right? So, yeah, but yeah. In, in the case of La La Land, in the case of La La Land, for me, I uh, thought the script was kind of weak overall. Like, I, I didn't, I couldn't really get into the character, and the characterization was a little weak, but because yeah, the, 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 the script yeah. and characterization could have worked better, but the right. passion that the man had for musicals, exactly. is so, I love that. Yeah. The director is the star of that. Um, that's why he, when he got the director, that's why yeah, that's why he won. He deserved that but, that that um that win in my opinion. But yeah, man, yeah. I um I agree with you. Barry Jenkins could I get nominated, but I put love, yeah. I put extra okay. love in this movie, Joe. Like, come on, right? Um, and yeah, I I just think almost everything worked with this narrative. Uh, really enjoyed everybody. I enjoyed what it was going on in terms of what it was talking about. Again, still very relevant. Um, and not relevant to the society. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, exactly. Not relevant in a contrived way because it's it's you know usually with a lot of black films, stuff is irrelevant. But I just kind of smoke. You know, this again. This is just me being, you know, um, you know, bougie nigger. Um, I am the guy who just smoke at. Oh well, this is just a black problem that is a black problem of the past. And right, I, right, something, right. Like um, like it, you know, the the police and like what was going on with the riots and stuff and no, them with some stuff not relevant anymore. Some stuff is still relevant, but you have to understand why something still might be relevant in a in a working way. And you get into structural um, problems and with the system. And in this case, yeah, is they 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 get into a central thing. I like, oh yeah, James Baldwin fucking talk about this back in nineteen seventy four. And like that's still a fucking problem with the ending of the film when you find out what what went on with 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 um with about funny right, um, yeah. and I was like, yeah, boy, that's like a yeah. real simple. It is, like, it is, yeah. Just this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're thinking this big drama, play out kind of thing. Um, I'm like, no, 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 they just address it in its own way. And I love what they did with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so I'm like, yeah, that was, that was the issue. They got into, okay, so the big, big thing. Does Regina King deserve a nomination for her role in this? I was like, wait. I was thinking for a second, nah, she ain't doing much anything. And then they do some the scene in Puerto Rico. OMG, yeah. boy. The moment yeah. of her in Puerto Rico. Yes. So just right. the, 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 the first shot of her coming out of the plane, like walking right. into, into it, uh, walking towards the camera. I right. was like, all right, I need to see this again. And I watched it again. I was like, all right, I am yeah. in love with this shot. This yeah. is this right. shot of her walking in. You know, shot to remind me a little bit. It's a similar to shot to um, this girl who get for Phantom Tread, who get nominated for Phantom Tread. And the uh. I, I know you talk about, but I, for, I forgot her name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who played who played the sister in Phantom, Phantom Tread? That same establishing Shatner. Yes, um, yes. And I was like, all right, that's how you're supposed to establish a character and how you feel about it. And there's a, there's a great, simple framing device, and it yes. works so well in this. And it worked really well in this as well. Yeah. Um, you're right. That, um, yeah. uh, but, but, what, but what I love about her character, too, is that at first you tell yourself, oh, she's just going to be the mother who will just defend her daughter because, well... Right. We did really get to premise, but basically what happens is that um, Clementine, you know, becomes pregnant for Alonzo, but Alonzo got arrested for uh, sort of a complicated, you know, rape that turned into the victim escape. Well, fleeing basically to Puerto Rico, right. so he's in jail now. And it's just right. her more or less reminiscing on the times that they were together and trying to hold on to that love there. But basically, uh, Regina, well, the who plays uh, Sharon, right, um, Clementine's mother, she's like real... Like at like at first I was like, all right, okay, she's gonna stand by her daughter, understand that. Yeah. But is that all she's gonna do? And then when they learn, okay, this chick went to Puerto Rico, 
And then yeah. Regina actually went down to Puerto Rico to try to persuade to her to, you know, yeah, to suss it out there. I was like, all right, well, that, that that's where they pick her. I yeah. wouldn't think of a of a maternal character who would go out of their way for their daughter, Jen. I would I, I never saw that before in a movie. Yeah, I never. The cuts of it in this film is, is very good as well. It's because yes. especially in, in context of the second mom and you know, uh, well, Fanny's mom. Um and what they did with that. Um, oh yeah, well they, they had Aquaman dad still being a shitty dad in your own way too. Ah yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Aquaman, a black man dad, sorry. A black man, uh, yes. Oh right, yeah, black. that was him. <laughs> yes. Beach. Um, I forget your last name, Beach, I think. Ma- Michael, Michael Beach. Michael Beach. Because what right. he feels like, uh, where are yeah, you I, from? Right, yeah, right. Right. I know, but um, they, they had a working context involving, again, listen, okay, so I will say this is one of the reasons why uh, Baldwin does a great job with, with his style of writing and his, his perspective on a lot of stuff. Because Baldwin has a lot to say about religion. He always had a lot to say about religion in terms of like how his perspective as a black man and the, the kind of the, the love-hate relationship he has with religion um, going back and forth. You know, for oh, I understand, uh, he was... I understand, yeah. Yeah, for I understand, he was quite irreligious himself, um, from I understand. Um, but he, he kind of makes the point about, well, you know, the, 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 the survival aspect of it. No? You know, when we talk about, quote-unquote, um, rationality, you know, to me, and I, this is just kind of a real opinion about stuff, a lot of rationality have more to do with survival rather than this objective understanding of the universe. That bullshit, right? You know, when yeah, yeah. a lot of people who think like that, um, they, sorry to say it, I, I'm just going to straight up say it, they live in privilege, right? And Baldwin, <laughs> Baldwin um, is a kind of guy who um, really understood the, the, the working context of that and, and the aspect of religiosity. And they fed into that in this very, very well. Again, the scene works quite well. Again, it at, does, first, it does. at first glance, um, the film does work like a, it does have a, I would say slight weakness. It does have this theater vibe to it, it a little too much, a little bit. But because of, of um, Jenkins and the style of, of where the camera's moving and how to edit and cut it, it transcends it better. But yes. at times, some of the line reading felt a little too um, theaterish at, at, at times, at times, until shit ex- escalates and then it gets yeah. serious. Um, um, I, I would say that especially with Kiki's, because I mean, I was totally impressed by her performance, but it was like a yeah. few scenes, like especially with her. Um, talking to well her, her boyfriend in jail, you know those those little yes. sessions they had. Yeah, it was a little on the theatrical end, you know the way right. how they were quarreling with each other. Right, and I don't mind. I don't mind because everything's supposed to be this kind of subversion of the saccharin. You know, it's it's a subversion of the oh this is the world we live in and everything is so nice and so on so on. And then you know real life starts hitting in this brutal way now. And yeah. Jenkins Jenkins balanced that tone very very well. Eh? I thought I thought he, that came across. Very good. Yeah. Um, um, what, what I'll say, though, what, what, one thing that I was really totally impressed by with this movie, like you say, you know, how it, it kind of touches on the brutal, uh, just the reality of, of life, you know, how brutal it is. Yeah. But it doesn't spend a bunch of time saying, well, you know, you have these racist white cups and all that stuff. Right. It shows you a moment, it gives you enough context about it, and then it move on, uh, moves on. Sorry. But the thing yeah. that really struck out the most to me, though, and I will straight up say it, um, this could, this could actually make for a great Valentine's Day movie, Jen. Is the love, the passion yeah. that we have that uh, Clementine and Alonzo have for each other, boy. It, it's just so beautiful to watch, boy. The moment with them together, it feels real. It doesn't feel forced or phony or Hollywood. Yeah. It feels real yeah. and organic, boy. Yeah. And even with Alonzo being, you know, in, in the cell. Yeah. Can you tell yourself, well, 
you know, because I, I would imagine with Clementine, right? Like somebody will come and say, you know, this thing really not gonna work out. You know, it should really move on. Like have the kid and find some better guy, somebody who could yeah. treat you right and who have a better job right. or whatnot. But right, it's exactly. like they just really love each other, and that yeah. that to me is the strongest thing about the movie: the love between these two characters. Right. And I know I, even I, into romantic films and all, but I was like, <laughs> I just feel this thing like in my heart. Yeah, like, I, ah, I, I feel it this works, shit. Works well. Yeah, I uh yeah, I don't know. I I'm gonna give this uh just to give a quick score, just time to score now. Um oh by the way, no, well okay, so back when I was on flying school, that another thing I remember about the story also, I did see the play about 15 years ago as well. Um, um back in the days. Uh so that as well I remember seeing that's where I kinda that's where most of most of the plot I do remember it. But I do re- remember reading the book as well. Okay. And so that was about that. I don't know. Um I I dug the hell out of this. I thought this was excellent for me. I'm going to give this out just a straight IMAX. I thought this would give a pretty high score for me. Almost yeah. everything worked um, for what it was. And given what it was trying to say, um, what it was trying to do, um, acting performances was, was great across the board. I didn't have any major issues to anything. I can't, like, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I probably had to give it a couple, couple more watchings. Yeah. Um, it was long. It, 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 to me, it was the right like, length um, for what, what it wanted to do. It kept its story particularly well. Everybody who had to serve their purpose and do their little roles was good yeah. overall. And yeah, I uh, I dug the hell out of this one. I, I give it a really good score. I, I like this. Yeah, I'm a- I, I, I dug the hell out of this as well too. Like I, I went in hoping to be entertained, hoping to be moved emotionally by this. And I was and not in a, in a manipulative way at all. Just mainly because I just really felt the relationship between the, the two leads. Um, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention the music for this by Nicholas Brittel. I believe he yeah. did the score for, for Moonlight. Is one of the most beautiful things about this entire movie. I love yeah. the music for this. Um, even the little musical choices that they have in between, like some soul uh, music or whatnot, I thought worked. But the music for this, though, was so goddamn brilliant, though. I, and like I say, this is a strong contender for Best Original Score at the Academy Awards. I still kind of, I still kind of have a feeling that 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 Black Panther could win it. I, I, I love Ludwig's score for this one, but yeah, right. if Bill Street could talk, could actually come through and and, and take that yeah. one easily, in my opinion. But yeah, for me, while I, I I do I do agree with you, um, I do have to give this a couple more views. Like I just went in fresh into this, right? So I didn't know what to expect really out of it, right? I just heard the hype, but I didn't really know what to expect. But I know that, like, um, if I watch it a couple more times, I will grow to love this movie even more. But for now, I could safely give this a strong four to five, man. Um, this certainly lives up to the hype. You know, a lot of people call this one of the best movies of 2018. Um, I totally agree with Well, even though we saw it in 2019, I wish we saw it last year. This easily would have made it to my list. Um, and I want yeah. this thing to win something, man. And even if it doesn't, uh, God forbid if it doesn't, um, I know this movie is going to last the, the, the test of time. I know more people are going to go back to this. More people are going to, you know, quote it and cite it and just really be amazed at not just the technical craft and, you know, the act, the acting in it, but also in Barry Jenkins himself, who just proved once again this man yeah. is a force to be reckoned with. This man yeah, has really, a, a, a bright future ahead of him, man, as mm-hmm. a director. Yeah, he is the real deal, man. He could be... I would, I would say he's like the new... He's like the new Spike Lee, which is funny because Spike Lee, uh, you know... <laughs> I, can't, I can't put him there. I won't put him there, frankly, because if there's anybody using new Spike Lee, that boy you do blind spotting. Um, ah, yes, 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 yes. I totally agree. I, no, but I just talk about this... What is, what is put into the movie. Not so much about what right. the, the teams are, but just right, 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 right. how each movie right, feels right. like, you know, he's just really aiming for the fences with, with each film. 
You know, he's not half-assing anything. He just goes in. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, strong four to five for me. You need to see this yeah. movie as soon as. And I, I have a feeling like, you know, in the near future, well, you know, this movie came out in Christmas or I believe it's in December it came out. But, yeah, I, yeah. I see this making it to the list of, like, best movies to watch for, uh, for Valentine's Day. I actually see myself watching this movie for, for Valentine's Day. And I personally am not a, tan- uh, I keep saying task given. Personally, I'm not a Valentine's person at all, but I see myself watching this movie and just being moved emotionally by it. But that, that's how great it is. So, yeah, definitely check out if Beale Street could talk, man, if you haven't already. Yeah. All right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm Pusat, R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. That is at R-M-E-D-D-Y, at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you can just type in myself on Facebook and you can find me there. All right. Uh, not sure why you picked up an accent there, but whatever. Uh, you can also find me on, on Twitter as well. Just look for Legally Black MJB. MJB uh, capital letters. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find the link yes. to this podcast as well as the others that we've done over the past few years, including retrospect reviews. And on the subject of retrospect reviews, uh, look out for um, our look at our celebration of the 15th anniversary of Mr. Kanye West's debut album, The College Dropout. Uh, yes. So you can look forward to that this week as well. Um, and also, it's uh, in terms of stuff to look forward to. Oh, yeah, before I get to that, before I keep forgetting, um, I'm also on Instagram as well. Just look for Machu Bailey Reviews. And yes, now in terms of stuff to look forward to, uh, this month in particular, well, we have the Grammys. That's supposed to be next week. Yes, I, yeah. I see this now because I tend to forget about it. Uh, but I really do want to see performances. You know, yeah, and performances, I, if any. Yeah, we will talk about. Uh, well, next time we will probably talk about the stuff on the Super Bowl because Super Bowl is today, apparently. Which I yeah, yeah. Well, today, at the time it's recorded, and uh, some yeah. people like real salty about. Well, they wondered how come Maroon Five and 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 Big Boy of Outcast why are they performing right. in this, you know, and NFL and all the shenanigans that went down right. way back when, right? And yeah. It's a weird news. Well, um, okay, so Alita coming up. Yes, right. That, that's what to, yeah. to men, um, I was going to mention too. Yes, Alita, right. Battle Angel. He had some good right. things about it. Not great, but I, I well, would very much. I, I, I think about it, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it could. I don't see it going to suck. I'm not talking about the technical um, aspect of it. I know technically it's going to be mind blowing, but story, that's what I'm worried about. Is the right. story right. going to live up to it? Yeah. Um, well, also, it... sorry? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, also, we have. Um, we have how to treat your dragon tree to look forward to. Yeah. I believe it's at the end um, end of the month. We have a few other Oscar nominees to check out as well too. And yes, last Sunday of this month will be the Academy Awards, and we will ensure like the the day after that, uh, we will share our thoughts on the event. So we just looking forward to some crazy shit. I mean, who knows? I mean, like I say, if Black Panther wins Best Picture, right? I got like straight up call. You don't care if it's one o'clock in the morning. I'll be like, holy <laughs> fucking shit, the Hopper Jet way. That's real shit. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> but yeah, I, I just looking out for something insane to happen on that Sunday. You know? Yeah. All right. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Machu Bailey and Caro Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of BSB to Bailey. So until next time, take care. Peace.